0: Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, This show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Avatar, The Rise of Kiyoshi. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most-wanted criminal in the Flying Opera Company. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian?
1: Uh, for a second, I thought you fucked up the intro somehow, but then it's like, oh, it actually really has been like three weeks since we last talked about Kiyoshi, so I just forgot what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I did it right this time. I think that's the first time I've done it right since we started this book. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the problem, is you're not used to hearing the right version.
1: <laughs> maybe? It could also be maybe I'm still, like, time jet-lagged from our little time travel adventure.
2: Well, that could <laughs> to, be, yeah. Uh...
1: You know, into the the future to record the Christmas stuff, but, or the holiday stuff, and then also into the past to re-record two X-Files. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: and then slightly forward into the past, because I had to record an outro for the show that we messed up for this week, so... <sighs> yeah.
1: Well, that was a separate venture of yours. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 I like, did that solo. Yeah, that's like Marty getting in the t- into the DeLorean at the start when Doc is shot, and it's like, well, that's different. It's not both of us going at the same time, because we gotta do something together.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, I plan to do all of them solo, but we're just so bad at telling each other what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we really should. You would think after, like, almost two years of doing this, maybe we should actually, like, be a little bit more communicative about stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how often
1: have we had to be like, what chapters of X-Files are we reading this week? And then, like, only figuring out, like, Saturday night, like, a day and a, half, like a half a day before we record.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, that's different than... Like, time travel is a major plan that we should be discussing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, you can't just get in the app bag and just fly off to, like, uh, drop off one of us to go replant the forest for 400 years. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sorry, no, I don't that's a, follow.
1: That's a Chrono Trigger reference. <laughs> okay, fair. <sighs> there's, there's a side quest you can do where, like, you realize, oh, there's like a like this place used to be a forest, and like you drop off Robo, your you know obviously robot friend, because they got very creative names back then, mm-hmm. uh, to replant it over the course of 400 years. Then you go back to find him, like kind kind of still like a bit functional, but like all rusted over. So you fix him up and then get him back in the party, and like, then you're like, hey, you, you did a side quest and got stuff because. A lot of the quests and Chrono Trigger are kind of short like that from my recollection, and it's mostly just, like, kind of using time travel and being pretty open about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny how, like, a lot of time travel media is always like, we can't tell people we're time travelers, and meanwhile, Chrono Trigger is like, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, your party is literally like a robot, a frog knight, a cave woman, and like, a dark magician guy. <laughs> Aside from, like, the three main characters from, like, the base timeline of a thousand ad
2: for yeah. just
1: people <laughs> so yeah i don't know Chrono trigger is a weird game it's it's great it's it's one of the super nintendo games that tell the test of time and it's just very funny to think about the logistics of the time travel in it
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs> that's fair
0: so what's yep. been going on with you for this i mean outside of our adventure like how's it going how you
2: doing
1: Uh, you know, I've mostly just been, like, sticking with my job and all, just trying to make sure I get it, uh, well and done. Uh, I still continue to have made the mistake of being the most competent one, because, uh, earlier today I found my queue of, like, uh, cases to do, like, double. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? And, like, my supervisor's like, hey, don't add more to your queue until it's cleared out. I'm like, okay, but where did all these come from? It's like, oh, I had to move some from this other person to you because she kept fucking up, and it's like... Okay! Yay! Thank you. <laughs> to be fair, uh, to be fair, it's be to be fair, it's because her assistant was out today, so she's like, i I'm the only one I can think of who actually can handle this," <laughs> and, but I'm just like, "I've been here like for five weeks." <laughs> Maybe this is a larger problem that if you didn't have a person in this kind of more, like farmer along in terms of their knowledge of how to do the job and everything position before i came along maybe that's a larger problem with the company (laughs) i I, I don't i don't know i don't know how they were functioning beforehand (laughs) yeah i don't either
0: but yeah no i mean you gotta you gotta watch out for that like you can't show your boss that you know how to do your job
1: but 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 i'm a dummy and i can't help it (laughs) <laughs> I can't give thirty <laughs> percent. I did, uh. I give hundred percent of my ass instead of thirty percent of my ass. <laughs> oh ass. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's that's just me. But like uh, at the same time, it's like it's still not like a difficult job. I'm at least getting like pretty close to the like threshold of cases per day that they basically want you to be at. And for the fact that I've only been there for like five weeks, the fact that they're like hell yeah you're getting like pretty much a fin spitting distance already i'm like yeah i try and that's the problem i try (laughs) 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 yeah i don't know hey at the least it uh if when it comes down to it when they actually i'm pretty sure it's like the week of thanksgiving is when the like the time frame for when they can actually directly hire me is so at least I'm pretty much assured to be the easy front runner in that case so ideally they actually hire me directly so I don't have to keep jumping through hoops if I'm trying to get uh, any overtime put in just because I have to keep getting it actually justified by my actual employer because contract stuff and they always are assholes about it because they don't want to communicate about stuff and it's like I was told by my supervisor that I could do this y'all have to pay me for it. It's not my fault that I'm actually here doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it kind of is, in a way. But, well, can't complain about uh, having a little bit of overtime and all, considering I spent a whole four months not having an income. So, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, yeah, nah, aside from that, uh, I at least started the admissions paper that I'd mentioned, I mentioned. Nice, nice. Last time. Uh, I have to, like, shore up a little bit of it, but I am, like, roughly, like, a third of the way through it. I-, I did get all three of the letters of recommendation from my former teachers who actually responded. Two didn't. <laughs> like, one of them being the only college professor that actually knew. So, oh, well. To be fair, she was, like, already, like, 70 or so when I was actually a student there over a decade ago. So she honestly might have just retired or even passed away since then. I don't know. Oof yeah i don't i'm not sure i basically like they didn't even list her on like the college like english department stuff anymore which makes me think that at the minimum she had to have retired i think i would assume like, so I, yeah yeah like i could only find her on linkedin but it's like her profile was just basically empty just like basically just a filler thing but also to be fair like the other teachers that i started reaching out to also <laughs> had linkedins that were fully empty and like they didn't check those uh So I had to basically, like, uh, contact two of them that I found them there, plus another two that I found through, like, their school website emails. And, like, three of those four at least responded. Surprisingly, the one that didn't respond was the one I kind of thought would respond, because he was, like, the head of the robotics club. And he knew, like, my mom's son was on the robotics club, so he would recognize the last name that way. Like, if I told him the, you know, my birth last name at all. But he never responded. So I'm like, did you... I guess he only cared about that guy. I mean, in the, in the email, I did mention, you know, I don't talk to him anymore because he's an ass. So, but that's never, you know, there. So maybe he took offense to that being like, how dare you call that guy an ass? Because he was the one good robotics guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Regardless, I I mean, I didn't even, like, had I had that guy as, like, a teacher for, like, one semester, and that was it all uh, only, and, like, I don't think he really, like, thought of me much as a student compared to, like, my other teachers that had me for, like, an entire year, so. Well, two of them had me for an entire year. The other actually led, like, the nerd club that I was in throughout, like, all of high school, so he at least recognized me because he was, like, oh, hey, you were part of the group of kids who actually organized yourselves and didn't have to make me do stuff for you yeah because well to be fair that was my friend who was running the D game who was the one organizing us but the fact that he was still like oh thank god there's like a there's like a, like a group of kids here who can like get their own shit together rather than making me do it so he remembered me from that because he's like oh okay you were part of the group of kids that actually could do your own shit <laughs> yeah so yeah you know i got those at least because, like, see the last recommendation were the things that I was, like, more concerned about. Because it's, like, most of the colleges I'm looking at only need two. But if I want to go back to my old college, they want three. So I was, like, okay, I need a minimum of three. And I was, like, really trying to rack my brain being, like, what the fuck teachers do I even remember from them who might remember me? <laughs> so it's, like... <laughs> I mean, of the, the group of them, I got my ninth grade math teacher, my twelfth s- grade English teacher, and the guy who ran the dork club. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, no. again, I don't remember any of my college professors, but to be fair, most of my college classes were not in any sort of, like, one-on-one, like, small group setting, because a lot of them are just, like, fucking lecture halls, because that's what college is. <laughs> but, unfortunately, yeah, the one that I did actually remember, who was the lead uh, head of the English department at time, probably isn't that anymore, it seems. <laughs> but, you know mostly just that stuff uh i mentioned it briefly on the x-files episode but i i've got the watermelon game uh speaking game if you know what speaking game is it's, i uh... still
0: do not know what that is no
1: okay so you you remember threes in all it's like knockoffs like 2048 no remember <laughs> you never heard of it was so threes was like a mobile game where you're like you were pushing numbers together to make like the next one like you're adding like at first ones and twos to make threes and then putting threes together to make six and then 12 and going in increments of three from there and you're basically just going in, like seeing how high you could get until like you couldn't have any moves left so imagine that premise with combining sh- like similar fruit shapes into a different fruits but also imagine that it's like a setting of Tetris where if you get to the top of the line, that's when you fail, and they're dropping from the top. That's what Zwicky so Game is.
0: So it's hmm. one of those mobile games where you merge things to make
1: bigger things. Kinda, yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find a Game, but I don't think I can, because Zwicky Games, for what it's worth, is not on the American eShop. <laughs> it's, I had to make a Japanese eShop account and then go to e- scour the internet trying to find somebody who could sell a a, niche, a Japanese, like a yen prepaid yen card because uh, for some reason they did not want to accept American credit cards and also American PayPal accounts. So I basically had to look multiple times, and like the best I could find was a person selling a thousand yen card. Suiki game for the record costs 240
2: yen
1: <laughs> so I have I have like six hundred, like 760 yen just something on a Japanese eShop account that I have no idea what the fuck to do but like just... all the other places <laughs> look
0: <laughs> you can get Merge Dragons for free in the app store <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean there's also like a Suiki game knockoff on like does your PC browser but it's bad and like I wanted the one that has the good quality to it, and also the cute fruits with the silly song, because, like, the, the, the silly Suica game song is good, and there's just one part of it that's just literally the you-got-a-friend-in-me line from fucking Toy Story, but not, like, at least in, like, the amount of notes in it. <laughs> so, I always hear that, and I, my brain always goes to, like, Randy Newman trying to sing the Suica game song, <laughs> and it's dumb. Uh... But yeah, no, that's that's how I spent like about two hours a few weeks ago trying to figure out how to get a fucking eShop card onto there and finding a person who would sell one at a reasonable price because like Again, this game costs like basically three dollars roughly. I spent like twelve fifty to get this prepaid card emailed to me with the code. <laughs> uh and I I'm bad sure at
2: back.
1: <laughs> Speaking of game or me. Or both. Either both <laughs> take your pick look i i saw a bunch of clips of hololive people playing it and i was like that seems dumb but also i can see the appeal and the more i watched i was like shit i want to play this game now how the fuck would they do this and then i was like all right it, it makes sense why they're all playing in japanese because it's not an american shop makes
2: sense
1: <laughs> so it's like okay how would I do this? Because I never had downloaded anything from the Japanese eShop before. So, like, they were just... I was like, okay, well, how do I actually do this? And it's, like, way simpler to make a Japanese eShop account than I thought. It's like, you really just have to make another one and just set your location to Japan. And that's literally it. <laughs> it well, I Japanese guess there's e-shop.
0: that, at least.
1: Yeah, so, like... <laughs> I guess if you really wanted to, you could do that and unlock like games a little sooner because like I know Mario Wonder is available in like the UK and Japan already because they're obviously they're not in the future like I was about to, time zones they're not in the future they're not doing time travel stuff to get there but it's like I guess you could technically do that and charge a, a Japanese eShop account to get Mario Wonder two and a half hours early if you wanted to <laughs> at the same time why would you do that and jump through that many hoops when it releases in two and a half hours. <laughs> of this recording, so you know That's... I, I'm I'm yeah no I'm dumb at times, <laughs> and so I spent 1250 on the watermelon game.
2: <laughs> yeah. As
0: long as you're happy, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have a weird like it's much like like when I was living in Japan at the time when Giant Bomb was getting super into Puyo Puyo Tetris. Which, again, was not released in America at the time because of, like, how Puyo Puyo and Tetris are owned by different companies in America. Like, there was, like, a disagreement with them initially with getting it brought over. They eventually did years later, I think. Because I remember it released on the Switch, I think, like, a month after the Switch launched. I think it was, like, a really early game on it. But I remember at the time, like, it was, like, me being like, oh, cool! They're talking about like this fucking weird Puyo Puyo and Tetris mix up, the mashup game that's only available in Japan. That's wild. And then I was like, wait, I'm fucking in Japan. I could stop by a big camera if I wanted to to get this shit, and I did. <laughs> and I always forgot the menu or uh, like navigation because it's all in Japanese, obviously. <laughs> but then when I got back from Japan and I showed that to my friends, they were like, I want to see this weird shit, because you brought back a game that's Puyo Puyo plus Tetris, and so that's fucking wild. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it was worth it for that. It was like 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but that at least, you know, was easier, because obviously I was in Japan, so I could just walk into a big camera and just buy a copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little different than uh, having to uh, pay a person on eBay twelve fifty to send me... Uh, eshop code
0: (laughs) yeah that definitely is different oh i can't argue with that
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i kind of had already done that before because like when i was living in japan i also did that for like uh charging my playstation account and my eshop account in order to get uh pokemon uh alpha sapphire smash bros on the 3ds which I also totally had forgotten that Smash on 3DS released until like about a week ago, and I was talking to my friend about it, being like, "Wow, you remember how they released a 3DS version of that game? That was yeah, bad. it was the best one." <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to be fair, like I don't know, did you ever have a Wii U? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was about to be like, if, I mean, at the time I didn't have a Wii U, so I was like, I guess the only way I'm gonna play this, and it's like I, I did not like it on the 3DS at all. But to be fair, by that point, I was kind of fed up with the 3DS in general. I like.
0: I cannot express how much it is to the best one, if for no other reason than no other Smash Bros game has included Smash Run.
1: I guess there is that, yeah. Smash Smash Run at least was neat. I don't know. I, I just like Ultimate because it like at least has like... I mean, Ultimate, to be fair, has just like fucking massive insane cast. <laughs> it's It's ridiculous. Ultimate has too
0: many people. It's no fun anymore.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, hey, at least they're not going to get more. Because Once you get
0: to like sixty or seventy guys in your fighting <laughs> game, right? like
1: that's—I mean, yeah, I think they're I think it was like eighty-three. I think if i remember yeah. correctly, by the time they ended they Sora. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs>
0: that's that's yeah. too much. That's no
1: good. <laughs> but you got Sora in the game.
2: <laughs> I don't care. Also,
1: you... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I sure mean, Sora I'd like...
0: exploded forever. than for him to be in Smash Bros.
1: <laughs> I mean, hey, for what it's worth, I like Ultimate because it has the Inklings <laughs> That's all I really needed <laughs> P- Pity they never actually put Octolings as playable characters in that Because, like, like Smash Ultimate released a year No, no, not a year, it released uh, only a few months after Octo Expansion Which added the playable Octolings finally to the Splatoon So it's like, you know, especially when they introduced Psycho Fighters It's like, oh, Octolings would make so much sense And then they just didn't do that like, even though as, like, just a different, like, skin for the Inklings themselves. It's just, like, you have eight different colors of Inklings, and it's like, how come you don't at least have Octolings in there? They eh, I just don't. Yeah, nah. It's like, I mostly, it was like those, and on, uh, PS4 in particular, I remember it was Shadow of Mordor and, uh, Dragon Age 3 were the games I bought on that with, like, having to buy a markup to get a US, like, an American, uh, playstation network card to be able to get those games because hmm. i got them both i got them both when they were like on sale during like a like november thing i remember Was it but worth like it? yeah but like, i got uh... <laughs> <laughs> no i guess overall, no i like shadow of mordor at the time for what it's worth
0: this may come as a shock given mm-hmm. everything that is me but i never played shadow of mordor so
1: Okay, I thought you were about to be like, I fucking hate Shadow of
0: <laughs> Well, that's the yeah, thing, no, I... is I never played it, because I assumed I would hate it, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it like literally is just like the Batman Arkham Combat, but in Lord of the Rings.
0: It's... Yeah, but they made Shelob a sexy lady for some reason.
1: Uh to be fair she's in the second one. I don't think she's in the first one. I never played Shadow of War because of the bit really? like
0: Then I don't know what it was. There was definitely something that turned me off of the first one.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sh- I don't I'm pretty sure Sheila was only in the second. I don't think she's <laughs> in the first from my recollection. Well then I do
0: not remember what it was.
1: Yeah, I remember when they said she was going to be a sexy lady and all and it's like no, she's a spider. But like I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that was the second, yeah. But, like, I never played Shadow of War just because of the bad microtraction bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, no, overall, I would say no, not worth it (laughs) for those two. (laughs) Because, like, (laughs) oh, God, again, I'm just flashing back to how I fucking spent 60 hours in the goddamn hinterland and broke the entire game's progression as a result. (laughs) I don't know Uh... what you're talking about. In in uh, fucking Dragon Age three. Yeah,
0: the game levels with you. You can't break the progression.
1: I know it's because I like I crafted so much stuff that I just had way better stuff than anything the game could throw at me, and I just caked oh, walk well, through the rest of that game as a result. That's a different that's a, thing. Yeah, that that's like that's like basically being like, oh, you broke Skyrim because you actually did the crafting stuff, and it's like, well, yeah, it's in the game. <laughs> <sighs> Well, yeah, all right. Um,
0: I don't know. I have continued playing Cyberpunk. I have successfully finished every single side quest and every single little map dot in the game. I might eventually get to that DLC that I started playing this game for.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's... It's still pretty funny how they, you know, when they did that update, like, the basically, like, Cyberpunk 2.0 with the release of the DLC, they were like, you should just literally make a new character because of all the changes that we did. And meanwhile, it's like, your whole thing of like, maybe I'm actually gonna get to the DLC finally, it's not, it's, it's you're not the first person I've heard who's been like, I've been playing this game for like a fucking month now, and when am I gonna get to the DLC? <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm only 150 hours deep into this playthrough, I might get there. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know. It's like, it's like Cyberpunk for you is basically being like Xenoblade 3 for me, where it's like I have 130 hours in and I'm still not done with that game, <laughs> nor the DLC.
0: Well, the thing is, is that, and I don't know any details because there are spoilers, but when you do the DLC, it can lead you to a game over state that just ends the game. Oh. So you have to do everything before you go in there because maybe you just end the game. <laughs>
1: You, and you can't roll back to, like, a different save if that happens? I'm sure
0: you probably could go back to a previous yeah. save, but it's very much I, like, I would... this is a point of no return sort of situation.
1: Yeah, I would have to hope that something like that would happen, just because, like, I'm thinking of, like, how there's, like, some, like, fail conditions in Baldur's Gate 3 as well, of, like, like you can end the game in Act 2 if you let Gale fucking explode. <laughs> 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 Which, like, I guess that's an ending! Well... But at the same time, you don't see the entire other third of that game. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I think there's also, like, I think there's, like, a fail condition in Act 1. If you, like, make, like, all the bad decisions in terms of trying to get the brain slug taken out or something. I, I forget. I remember distinctly that Act 2 one. <laughs> Man,
0: I let a guy stab me in the brain, and it didn't end the game. I don't see
1: I can get worse than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, if if Volo can't do it, what else could potentially actually take you out? <laughs> God, I I still I didn't do that because again, like Volo's such a dipshit, and it's like he has such a too large comically needle that it's like this this can't be a good idea. It's not a needle; it's an ice pick. An ice pick, basically. Yeah, but like I definitely heard like people like people say later on, even like basically being like, even the narrator, if you start to agree it, says, like, are you sure, you dumbass? Like, even the narrator herself is like, come the fuck on. Why? Why would you agree to this crap?
0: <laughs> that was not my experience, but sure.
1: Oh. Uh, uh, maybe it's, I think, hmm. I don't, I think there's, like, certain conditions you can do that basically makes her go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just, yeah, I don't know. That's, speaking of really big games, fucking Baldur's Gate 3. God. <laughs>
0: huh someday yeah
1: someday i'll finish it
0: <laughs> yep mm-hmm. big same but <laughs> my,
2: yeah
1: my, my my one friend did finally finish it uh he, he basically said that he kind of skipped a lot of the act three stuff because like I, he kind of had like a similar issue that i kind of encountered based on what i was reading in terms of that of like oh this seems like that this is like a thing where it's like once this happens you're on the clock but really not so you really don't have to actually rush to do this <laughs> like it's a weird thing where it's like sometimes there are actually like real timers in that game if you take too long you fail but in act three there's one that's not and it's weird oh yeah weird yeah yeah it's it's strange but like also like they i, I mean no i don't mind using they this friend uses the impront uh this, my friend basically was like yeah i got an ending that it's like there's let's talk about the ending that he didn't like and like Maybe i already like heard stuff so we were talking about it just because he was like yeah do you care so much fine i'm like yeah not really so but it's like there's some stuff in there that's like weird but it's like well if this whole game that's like great throughout just kind of has a little bit of stumbling at the end it's like wh- whatever not every game sticks the landing in the end but it's like if it's like it's like it's one of those things where it's like i guess Baldur's escape 3 is just so good for so long that a little stumble at the end is kind of just more noticeable as a result. I don't know. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Yeah, i'll get there eventually yeah. it's a great game but it's so long and so big and like i got to the city and like my immediate choice paralysis was just basically being like uh i don't have the time to look at all this stuff in the city i gotta come back to this later <laughs>
0: honestly and legitimately same i I did yeah. the exact same thing Once to I be fair also bridge and into the city i just i couldn't mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like, I also had gotten, I, I well, to be fair, I actually did, like, uh, at least, like, one major companion quest there, because I did wills, and, like, but basically past that, I was, like, oh, by the time I was there, it was, like, near when my job was starting, so I was, like, I'll get to this when I have the time, and I, I don't know when, <laughs> but I'll get there. <laughs> There's uh, there's a lot of games that I played, and meanwhile, it's like I just keep playing fucking Fortnite because during the Halloween event. Uh,
0: the other thing that I've been doing is freaking Magic: The Gathering again. <laughs>
1: <sighs> I did see you talk about the uh the fucking Fallout expansion that they're releasing.
0: Yeah, I mean they were talking about that today, but now what? The 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 Doctor Who set just came out, and so I got that, oh. And if I have my way, it'll be the last time I ever buy magic cards. But as I think I have proven on this show, my will to suit <laughs> <soup>, buying
1: cardboard <laughs> is incredibly weak. Um, I mean it's like I guess Magic Gathering to you is like Pokemon to me, where it's like me just being so sour on Pokemon for almost the last decade, and it's like. I know when they announce Gen 10, I'm probably gonna buy that shit even though I barely played Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> well, it's kind of like.
0: I like the game, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I just hate the company and everything about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it is like Wizards of the Coast and everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, today I got an email from Wizards of the Coast advertising this friggin'. It's a necklace with a D20 in it, but it's in pride colors, and they want me to
1: buy it for $35. Mm and it's fun it's funny you mentioned this because i was just about to take a sip of tea from my pride dice mug from critical role
2: (laughs) okay yeah but that's like listen yeah critical role is
0: a team of creators and yes they're rich and yes they're like whatever i don't know what the word is they're they're well known but they're not the corporation they're they're
1: they're not yeah like they at least like to be fair, it's like, like again, to Critical Role's credit, they have really, like, helped popularize D&D in recent years, really.
0: Yeah, I don't show. like that
1: as the thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's that. But it's like, d and remember, like, when I was a kid playing 3.5, it was, like, still, like, D&D being like, ah, D&D's the nerd thing, but it's like, D&D's cool now. So there's D&D is a
0: parasitic weed that chokes out every other plant in the
1: world, <laughs> <so that's why. laughs> like, I mean, yes, and yeah, yeah, but, like, it's it's also, like, it still has, like, a little bit of, like, i still have certain fondness for it because again that like 3.5 is how i met my current friend group and all <laughs> so it's like i get, again we haven't played 3.5 in fucking years because 3.5 it's fucking busted in a lot of ways but then again 5e is also busted in other ways
2: <laughs>
0: at any rate my point is they want me to buy this 35 d20 mm-hmm. on frankly a trash chain like
1: yeah that's like just a cord that
0: yeah. sucks yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> And meanwhile, Emily Gwen, the creator of the lesbian pride flag, is now homeless because she didn't get enough donations uh-huh. to make rent. And it's
2: yep. Like, mm-hmm.
0: This isn't helping people, wizards. No. And neither is calling the Pinkertons on them. Let's not forget this is that company.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, let's let's never forget that. Because <laughs> that was also where Magic Gathering cards, right? It was.
0: And guess and what? Like Starting next mm-hmm. month, uh, they're raising the prices of all Magic cards, so it's like...
1: Oh, cool! Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Evil. Didn't... Evil company.
1: Didn't uh, Pokemon Company do that with Pokemon cards some years ago, or, like, am I thinking it's, like... I I think it was, like, where they, like, raised the price, or they removed, the like, some of the amount of cards you used to get. Because, like, I think Booster packs used to be, like, 11 cards, and now it's, like, 8? <laughs> I think.
0: I, I honestly haven't kept up with the Pokemon game enough to know, but with Magic, what happened is so they have three different types of booster packs for Magic. You have the ones mm-hmm. that are like the fancy alt art that cost $30 a pop. Those are only for the heavy investors. And then you've got the, uh, co- the ones that are for more like casual collectors. And then you've got the ones for people who want to play draft games, just pull cards out of packs and go into it right away. Yeah. And the draft packs weren't selling very well on account of like basically everything in the magic ecosystem said you have to buy the collector ones because you're more likely to get rare stuff out of them, yeah, and as a consequence, they're killing both of the uh, the draft pack and the the the, the, the middle tier collector pack, and uh instead they're introducing one more expensive pack, which supposedly oh, will save the drafting system, which like no, it won't if you want to save the drafting system, don't make drafting more expensive. <laughs>
1: Yay! (laughs) Also, I was wrong. Pokemon Pokemon has ten cards in the pack, but I feel like I distinctly remember it being eleven when I was a kid. I thought that as well. Yeah, being fair, like the last time I like actually got like any Pokemon cards was like back in like the Team Aqua and Magma expansion, like back in like 2003 or 2004. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've I've been I I at some point. Because, like, I had, like, fallen off for a bit, then I came back when I got back into Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, because, like, I skipped, like, Crystal and everything, because, like, you know, by the time Crystal released, I was in high school, so I'm like, I'm an adult, Pokemon's for babies, and then, like, two years later, I was like, who gives who gives a fucking shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you
1: know, as everybody basically does, usually around the time of college, it's basically being like, nobody gives a crap anymore. But, like, uh, yeah, like, I I'd fallen off for a few years, then I got back in with that, and, like, Again, like, me being like, I have nobody to play this with, so why do I actually care? (laughs) I think I still have that deck somewhere, I don't fucking know. I still at least just have one deck. I gave away, like, most of the other cards, but I still have that, I think, some place. Huh. But obviously, but I'm pretty sure, like, all those cards at this point are probably super illegal, or at least in terms of, like, for tournament play, just because of, like, the power creep and everything, so, like, everything past, like, a certain point is just obsolete.
0: (laughs) It do be like that sometimes.
1: Yep. Yeah, and meanwhile, I say that, and then, like, uh, fast forward to years later, where uh, I spent way too much fucking money on Hearthstone cards, and meanwhile, these days, I super fucking hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when the BlizzJung stuff happened, I, like, intentionally was like, I never want to touch any of this shit again, so I actually, like, had my whole Blizz account, like, Blizzard account deleted, and it's like, I have so much money put into this with these cards and Overwatch boxes, and I don't fucking care anymore, because this shit sucks. <laughs> I mean, so... it's probably for the best. Yeah, it's like, well, go cold turkey, I guess. And it's like, well, you already got the money. I'm not going to get back, Blizzard, Activision. So, what the fuck ever. <laughs> yeah, hmm. bad. I'd... I at least understand the appeal of, like, actual collectible card games. Because, obviously, you have the physical card. I, I'm I'm a sucker for doing that much with Hearthstone. Because it's, like, it's digital cards. Obviously, you don't actually have anything if that game server dies at some point. It's just gone. Actually, yeah, I have to imagine Hearthstone. Hearthstone still has to be going on, right? I know they killed. I basically. I know they basically like stopped supporting. Uh, what to call it? Uh, their MOBA game of like their Heroes Cross the Storm. Thing. Yeah, that thing.
0: Uh. The one that I think everyone hated, if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah, the game that I played exactly 15 matches of just to get Cop Diva, which also bad. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> uh, hey, remember when people like you, peaked- cared about Overwatch? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For that first year, and then they kept making character adjustments and fucking changes and made it bad, and then eventually got their heart... Uh, uh, not, I almost said heartstone too, Overwatch 2. Uh yeah, it looks like they are still going with Hearthstone. They actually introduced like a new game mode back in October twenty twenty one, it seems. Uh they, oh, they Yep, they have released one card expansion this year. And they still have Oh wait no, no, no they, they, oh bad, yeah, yeah, they've no they've done like a lot more actually. Uh looks like they it does look like they've slowed down. Farstone expansions, cause it, yeah, it looks like they mostly have to, like, kind of started to peter off a bit, but they still at least do a decent amount of new expansions, but not as much as I remember them used to do. Whatever, bad game, sucks, don't play it. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, you know, that is how it be sometimes. Yep. <sighs> but for the moment.
1: Uh, I was just going to basically be like, and meanwhile, nowadays they're owned by uh, Microsoft. I almost said BioWare. <laughs> BioWare does not have the money to buy other companies. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Well, speaking of one guy who owns everything, would you like to get into our chapters for this week?
2: <laughs> I,
1: I guess, uh, Zhang Xu does own everything, huh? He really, <laughs> really does. <laughs> huh. He really does. Yeah. The, God, is he the fucking Bobby Kotick of the Avatar world? <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of his whole deal. Um, Be- being a shit and killing people he doesn't like. I mean, Bobby Kotick did famously, or like, uh, put a death threat in at some lady who worked at Activision Blizzard at one point.
0: Because
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. he sucks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, listen, we'll get there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <sighs> So my chapter for this week is called Adaption, and we open with John Zhu getting back to his house, and it's weird. The All the servants are there in rows on like the left and right of the door. They're bowing to him as he walks in, kind of like a human tunnel, and apparently they used to do that a long time ago, but he didn't like it because it was too formal, so the fact that they're doing it, it sets him off a little bit. But he also is, like, super messy on account of he didn't, bother to like clean off and he just presumably earthbended his way all the way back here from wherever it was that they went <laughs> so...
1: yeah like uh, the one thing i uh dislike is they don't give like a time frame for how much time has passed since kiyoshi uh tried to murder his ass and he just burrowed into the ground and somehow didn't die while being in the ground oh well <gasps>
0: kiyoshi left last
1: night as as according oh, right, to where yeah, he is now yeah. so
0: yeah i it's think been it's at least because, 24 like, hours
1: yeah, I, I think it was just based... I forgot that that was in there because like, I listened to this episode a couple days ago mm-hmm. on the uh, podcast... Uh, not the podcast, the audiobook version for pronunciation's sake. I forgot that they mentioned that, but it's like, yeah, it only has been basically like a day since, uh you know, he murdered Kelsong. Yeah. <laughs> RIP.
0: Speaking of, it mentions that he passes his study and the door is just fully bashed in. So, apparently yeah, Kelsong <laughs> just broke it down physically. He didn't, like, do any airbending tricks or whatever he just punched this thing until it broke
1: <laughs> oh i get. i envisioned it more like he just airbended until the door broke because like mm. airbending can be that strong if you really are skilled at it like you can just break open yeah i don't like, think that's uh, what
0: happened because it specifically refers to it as bashed and says it's a quote testament to his airbender friend's great strength
1: <laughs> oh okay I mean, you can can interpret that as great strength at bending, but yeah, maybe Kelsang did just, like, fucking put his shoulder into it. (laughs) I
0: mean, he's, like, six and a half feet tall and built of muscle. I fully believe that he just...
1: (laughs) Uh, correction. Was six and a half feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Uh, 07, (laughs) uh,
0: there There is, like, I don't know how to say it exactly, but there's a moment here of Chanju is feeling grief. Like, he he experiences grief in such a way that it's almost like he didn't kill Kelsong himself. It's very strange. But it's like he's completely (laughs) separated himself from the action. But uh, it's okay, because he doesn't have time to grieve, because stuff is going on. So he checks out a whole bunch of places, uh, the bison pen and the avatar's room and the staff quarters, and then, uh, not finding anyone, he sort of corners one of his servants and asks what happened here, but the servants are so afraid of him that they just like, are shaking and like, trying to hide behind each other, and he's, they're terrified of him to the point that they
1: cannot do their jobs, and um... But I mean, that's how you know he's just a shitty boss because it's like, if you can't talk to your boss about just like, a question then it's like, clearly it's because this guy has a history of flying off the handle. (laughs) Well
0: that's also, you're boss i don't not know if friend. he does is the thing <laughs> like we, john ju is absolutely a cruel and violent person but i don't think he's the sort of person who has rage fits in this way i mean all the violence we've seen him commit has been very specific premeditated he tortured the child he killed his friends to get rid of him it's like he, he's, he doesn't just snap and fly off the handle, I don't think. He is very specific as to the pain he is willing to inflict. I
2: guess.
0: Uh, yeah. Um. So he's realizes at this point that basically... Kyoshi just kind of worked wherever and didn't actually have a boss. She was like a floating employee in the system somehow... And so he can't actually ask her boss where she is because she doesn't have one of those, which, nice job, dude. You are the one who's all about organizing. You would think you could get your staff in order, but whatever. Um, so he goes to bother, uh, Auntie Mui, the cook, because he knows she hangs out with the cook sometimes. And, um, the thing is, is that no one knows where Kyoshi went. No one had ever seen her acting in the way she acted because she just stormed in here. All, you know, seven feet tall and ragey and covered in mud. And then she stole an axe. Don't don't forget blood. (laughs) uh Mud and blood. And she stole an axe and was just kind of stomping around the house. And (laughs) just being very much like a Friday the 13th sort of Jason Voorhees kind
2: (laughs) of...
1: This is why I would like if they tried to actually adapt this into, like, a movie or something, because I want to see just, like, seven-foot-tall, blood-and-mud-covered axe-murderer Kiyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> just uh. stomping through a house. Not actually looking for anybody, just stomping through a house.
0: <laughs> he supposed it wasn't the middle-aged cook's fault that she was unable to stop a rampaging, axe-wielding teenager who could break a mountain whenever she remembered she had the ability. Yeah, yep. yep.
1: <laughs> Very good funny line. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Uh,
0: but yeah the the thing he's really concerned about though is that like all those guests we had here all those diplomats did any of them see her stomping around and doing this <laughs> because even in this moment he's trying to preserve his reputation a little bit unfortunately most of the guests left early to try and beat the storm so no one saw her doing her um chewing her jason thing um so since they don't know where she is he dismisses the staff and just kind of wanders uh floating through the hallway in a daze because he doesn't have a plan and that's never happened to him before and this eventually he just sort of bumps into Heyron as she returns from a meeting with the Fire Navy and um yeah she's ah, this is so weird it's he tells her the truth kind of but he's lying is the thing
1: it's yeah, I, I want to find the the line entirely for how he says this to He her. told her
0: the version of events she needed to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah, aka, lied his ass off. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the
0: thing, right? Because from what... The, it, Okay, Kiyoshi being the true avatar, the disappearance of both Yon and Kelsang, caused by a treacherous spirit, that is the only lies that Kelsang was done by a spirit. The rest of it, it's pure truth he only but like, he, he's telling the truth here it's just that he's like doing he's so in such a way something. that he's not telling the truth
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he's like he's he's saying enough basically being like yeah we were wrong and all but, and these two are gone but he's not saying well one, both of them are gone because i fed one to a fucking spirit and then cut the throat of the other
0: <laughs> well yeah but he it, Again, Yun did die because the spirit was treacherous. That is technically true. It's, he's doing There's... very much the same thing I do. He's playing by Fey rules, except for the part where he says that Kelsong was killed by the spirit.
1: <laughs> to be fair, he attacked uh, Faber Glowworm before Faber Glowworm decided to increase what he was owed. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> So he escalated the situation and presented that circumstance where Yoon got dragged away. <laughs> also because he chose to gra- like, grab Kiyoshi and leave Yun. Oh, I mean, yeah, she's the avatar. Still, he could have made something of an effort to go back for him. <laughs> he instead chose to close up the doorway after it had retreated with him. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, so Heyron's response to hearing the edited good version of the story is to slap him in the face. So mm-hmm.
1: it's I don't know. Deserves worse.
0: Yeah. Like I get it. I I understand it. But it's also you gotta remember you can't side with Heyron. She is definitely a serial murderer.
1: <sighs> yeah, you know. <laughs> But yeah. Uh, um... Turns out all these people who are surrounded in the Avatar suck. <laughs> yep. Except Kelsang. <laughs> Kelsang Kel kind of sucked, but also he was at least regretful about it. <laughs> uh, a little. To these others. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, she demands to know how he's just standing there, and he makes a crack about, you know, he could be sitting, and. This sets Heron off so bad, but she is completely iron-willed, so despite the fact that she is thinking so much about how he ruined everything, he brought this boy to the world as the savior of the whole world and then fed him to a spirit, and Mm -hmm. the real Avatar is missing because of you, and also Kelsong is dead, and she's going through all this, but she cannot say it because it would be improper and violate her Fire Nation honor, because we're back on that. Um, Yay, you know how those fire people are with their honor. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really not a big fan of the honor thing. but, but I mean, it's... That is definitely a thing that is used as a kind of a stereotype against Asian people and Japanese people in specific. Yeah. And the fact that it's so built into the Fire Nation really bothers me. So,
1: yeah. Which is still, like, interesting because, like, it's kind of only there for Zuko in the original show. Like, it's not really much of a thing with any other Fire Nation per. Like, maybe, uh... Uh, God, the, uh the Fire Nation bending guy that Aang talks to back in Season 1 and then also the sword guy that Sokka learns from. Like, maybe the two of them care about that, but, like, Ozai sure as fuck doesn't care about Honor and never does Azura. Uh, I don't think the sword guy cares about
0: Honor. The sword guy, like, is a member of a secret society who's willing to merc anybody.
1: (laughs) I I feel like he kind of cares about honor in the sense of, like, trying to preserve the world order despite the whole Fire Nation thing. Yeah, (laughs) I mean... You know, trying to rule the world.
0: (laughs) Doing what it takes to help people is not the same thing as being obsessed with your honor.
1: I guess. I, I think it's just because, like, it's like Zuko's always talking about it and like compared to especially like pretty much every other Fire Nation character that it doesn't feel like it's as much of a thing but then it comes up with like the two Fire Nation people and that we know of in this book so far yeah exactly (laughs) so it's like it's kind of a weird thing where it's like it's so narrow it's so focused on only one character in the entire show and even kind of doesn't even come up at all in Korra, from my recollection in terms of like Fire Nation individuals caring about honor
2: well, but then if it's I may, just, here
1: I think the
0: idea here is that it used to be a much bigger thing, and Maybe, that yeah. over the years, as the Fire Nation delved into fascism, it became less and less important, because yeah. the state mattered more than the person. And then by yeah, the I time that Korra, it, like, let's just skip that entirely, please.
1: Yeah, like, by that point, like Zuko's an old man, and it's like, he's at least gotten the Fire Nation back on the right track, so it's like, Probably more at least like something people respect even if it's like because like there's really no like major like Fire Nation individual because like the closest we have is Mako but like he's mixed ancestry or mixed heritage because like his parents were both from the Fire Nation and the Earth Kingdom so it's like he's not fully a member of the Earth Kingdom and everything because he lives in Republic City or not not Fire Nation or Earth Kingdom because he lives in Republic City so he's just like kind of doing his own thing. Which, to be fair, in Marco's case, is usually being shit <laughs> because Marco sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's bad. With, he's he's yeah, Marco's. Okay, well, that's probably Ma- enough Ma- talk about yeah. the TV show that we're not supposed to be talking about. Um, yeah. God, Michael sucks.
0: <laughs> but yes, because we're on Fire Nation honor, Heyron can't say any of the things she wants to say. Even though she just hit him a second ago, I feel like that's more of a mm-hmm. big deal. But
2: whatever. Yeah,
1: you know, like striking uh, your friend slash kind of boss maybe is worse than like basically being like you got to you got the presumed savior of the world and also one of her closest friends murdered. Yep. And yeah, you, know, you don't know where the real Avatar is. What the
2: fuck? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, so the thing she does say is, and I am quoting here, how are you not going to lose face over this? <laughs> All of your credibility? Question mark. <sighs> yep.
1: Yep, that's what they care about more than Kelsong or Kyoshi. These
0: friggin' <laughs> politicians.
1: <laughs> uh, yep. Do we ever get an idea of how old they are? Because, like, everyone can't be, like, that old considering Rangi's just a teenager, right? So, like, well, Rangi's probably in, like, her 50s or so?
0: Kurok died in his early 30s, and Kiyoshi's now, what, 19? So that would put her at, like, 50, 51-ish?
1: Yeah, if you go based on that, Kirk would be around 50 by this point.
0: Yeah, I'm mean, assuming they're the same age, I guess. She could have been older yeah. or younger,
1: but... Yeah, but I'm kind of assuming they were the same really... sort of... Yeah, like traditionally, like team avatars are like relatively around the same age or so. Yeah.
0: Um. So the thing is, is that Jeonju doesn't actually know what he's gonna do, which is really freaking him out because he's had a plan for everything for basically his entire life, and now Kyoshi has just slammed a mountain through every single plan he had. So. <sighs>
1: she, she she was kind of coast a lot into slamming that mountain into his way though. <laughs> you know kind of kind of from all the murder he did you know (laughs) kind of forced her hand a little
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe a little um and so Heron's thought is that you know we can make this better not better but like we can minimize how bad it is if we can catch her so you know she's like she's a scullery maid she probably didn't go far Sure, she's got a flying bison, but she doesn't know anything or anywhere outside of us. It's fine. And so they decide that they're going to send Rangi to hunt her down because Rangi is Kyoshi's friend and knows where she would go. But the thing is, is that when they summon uh, Rin, who is one of the employees, to ask where uh, Rangi is, Rin is, Rin is having a panic attack. Like, fully. Mm-hmm. She is so scared that she cannot stop herself from screaming every word she says. Which, I can only imagine would be a difficult conversation. But, she explains, of course, that uh, Rangi left with Kyoshi last night. And, um, after the girl is sent away, Johnju uh, makes another joke about, like... You know, you could hit me again, but actually, I'm pretty sure what your daughter does is your fault, not mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not the time for it, Jonju! <laughs> yeah, he's gotten real sassy all of a sudden now yeah, that he doesn't yeah. have plans. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because that like, is his he,
0: second joke this chapter.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really, he really probably shouldn't test her patience by basically being like, Well, you know, it's definitely not a me what she does. <laughs> yep. hmm
0: her face contorted like she was living a thousand lifetimes right then and there, in most of which she melted his eyeballs using his skull mm-hmm. as a cauldron. Yep. Halloween? Oh, wait, it's not Halloween by the time you're hearing
1: this? Uh, I mean, this is leading up to it, at least when we're recording this, so it still counts for us, at least. <laughs> yeah, I
0: guess. <sighs> um
1: it's it's still like one of those things where it's like wow it's actually still surprising just how often they just talk about like really brutal acts of violence in this book yeah but also in this case it's in this case it's also kind of for comedic (laughs) effects because it's like again like you know that said it's like at the halfway point it's like oh okay she's like going through a lot of stress because her daughter's also disappeared and it's like no it's actually because she's just playing all the scenarios in her mind's eye of like all the way, she's just going to murder this
0: guy. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Um. So Zhu tries to spin this, like, you know, Rangi is a trained elite royal bodyguard. She'll keep Kyoshi safe until they can find her. But uh, the thing is, is that apparently uh, Rangi's training is specifically in escape and evading pursuit for some reason. I would not think that that's what you would train the royal bodyguard in, but... shrug um (laughs)
1: also like i mean most firebenders can't really be all that covert because it's pretty obvious that they're firebenders once they melt your face off because like like most other forms of bending you can be a little bit subtle about it right you can like Mm -hmm. like slightly shift the earth or slightly move water or just blast somebody with air or whatever you kind of really can't hide burning somebody (laughs) well i mean
0: you can to a degree like if you are I careful guess. with your thermo-manipulation, thermo-regulation, you could, and I'm, I'm, this hasn't happened in the show, I'm just speculating here, but mm-hmm. you could heat somebody up from the inside without, like, setting them on fire. I'm just saying, bring up the temperature 5 degrees and they're dead inside an hour.
1: Uh, Rangi strikes me as the kind of person who's definitely not preparing uh, heat metal. He's definitely just always casting Scorching Ray and Fireball.
0: Who's talking about heat metal? I'm talking about heat organs.
1: <laughs> I think mean, close enough. I'm just trying to think of it in terms of like an ISIL spell in D anD D compared well, to like. It's
0: not. <laughs> that's not well, how I powers mean, work in this system.
1: Yeah, true, but there, there's no like boil blood spell.
0: <laughs> well, there is in this system.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's definitely more like in terms of like water bending, if anything, because of blood bending. Well, uh, I don't think it is. I mean, if we're talking about blood particularly, it is, yeah, because of water in the blood.
0: Yeah, but that's also, like, we don't usually see transitional states like that with bending, right? Most of the time, like, yeah, okay, you want to go from water to ice? Yes, instantly. You want to go from water to gas? Yes, also instantly. You don't see the boiling into steam part of it. Yeah. So I don't think waterbenders actually get thermoregulation. They could turn your blood into gas, yeah, absolutely, but...
1: Oh, boy, they could turn the water and your blood to ice. Yep. This <laughs> is, like, I don't know if that's more fucked up than the bloodbending or not, because, like, the blood, <laughs> like, I mean, you're just killing them if you turn their blood to ice, but, like, bloodbending is just kind of fucked in its own right because you're taking away a person's free will, which is, like, in a lot of ways worse than just killing them.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like... If you were to decrease very specifically the way the human body's temperature works, you could freeze the cell membranes of every cell and shatter them.
1: Well, we'd never get that in the show because it's rated PG.
0: Might happen in the books. The books are clearly willing to go other places.
1: <laughs> True. It could still happen in the books, I guess. <laughs> uh. But like, yes. Uh, it's- like, mm-hmm. uh, FCE just being like, hey, you remember how fucked some of the bending got in Korra in terms of, like, seeing, like, a person, like, airbend some of these air out of their lungs? Uh, check this shit out. <laughs> ah. I can one-up that.
0: <laughs> that reminds me, I just checked out the first Yang Chen book from the library, so I might be able to have some insight into that soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, there were multiple Yang Chen books as There's well? There's two of them, yeah. Oh, that, make, that makes sense, if, like, because, like, Kiyoshi is also a duology. But- yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and so this news makes Heyron so angry that she's fully like thrashing around and waving her arms. She's Kermit the frogging all over the place, <laughs> and <laughs> eventually she comes to a complete and total stop. And the thing that she realized that made her stop is that like, so I mean, the thing is is that our best friend is dead. Like he's dead, dead. And instead of, like, taking the time to deal with that and grieve him, we are here playing politics and trying to figure out how to kidnap a teenager, and...
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I hate, I hate Janjiu's response to this.
0: <laughs> yeah, he claims that uh, what they are now is old and responsible, and that... Uh... They all made a promise to Kurok, including Kelsong, and that they have to honor his memory by continuing their path to kidnap a teenager.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally murder each other. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he's he's kind of rallying now. He feels better. It's it's very much like he was overwhelmed by everything going wrong together, but it's he realizes when you get down to it, you just need to work on one solution. Because if you can solve one problem, you solve all of them. That would be the easiest way to do it right so the first priority is to get the avatar back and that should be pretty simple because like any sage or teacher she goes to is gonna know jonju right so he'll be able to get her back no problem and um like frankly she's not gonna go to a different kingdom because even if she did he has connections everywhere it doesn't matter the only real risk is if she falls in with this uh, Hui guy, who is one of the other scholars, or earth sages, that has gotten name-dropped a couple times now, but I don't think is actually in the book, so, sorry, spoilers.
1: <laughs> uh, I want to see the cool professor who's got a bunch of animals with him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and, yeah, you know, he's he's like a rival sage, so
1: it's, it's a risk that that might happen, but... Oh, god, I just had a very cursed imagery of this guy basically just being fucking newt's commander and that's that sucks. <laughs> god, that fucking centrist asshole.
2: Like it's <laughs>
1: I've been to be fair, I've been re listening to like older sheet casts and I got to the point where they got to the second movie's release and they're like, It fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's on my brain, I guess, in terms of like, oh god, this guy is just that dude, huh? He's just going around finding all the weird magical creatures in the Avatar world. <laughs> I Ugh. mean, maybe a little.
2: I mean he's
0: uh, he hasn't come up yet, so give me a page here. Yeah, um. <laughs> fair. <laughs> At any rate, um, ultimately, he's pretty sure that Kiyoshi isn't gonna go to Hui because she shouldn't know who he is or who he like has on his side. Because even John Zhu doesn't know that. So, like, yeah, he's gonna take a hit. He's gonna have some issues here once, like, they have to tell everybody that they were wrong. But ultimately, as long as they have her back, like, specifically following his orders, it'll be fine. He's got some reputation to spare. This is the time to use it.
1: I got, I got who he mixed up with the professor from my, in my defense.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Again, I listened to this, like, days ago in terms of this chapter, and I perused the other one the other day, like, two days ago to get my notes, so I forgot the names. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um... Ultimately, it's like, Heyron does have a note here. She says something, which is more than she's done in the past, and she says that it sounds like Kyoshi doesn't want to be here. Which, I will give her this much. She at least said something, even if she's not going to act on it. She said it. Which is better than she's done so far.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not saying much considering the things she stood by for. <laughs> But, you know, uh, his answer is that they'll worry about that later. It's fine. She's a kid. She'll figure it out. This is better for her. We get to make the plan. Um, but ultimately, he needs, uh, Heyron to write a message to, uh, the head of zoology at the Basingsei University. Specifically, because he needs a Fire Nation stamp on it. So I guess rather than having someone just stamp it with that, he's gotta have Heyron actually write it. Um, they are writing to Professor Shaw, which is a weirdly Western name for this series.
1: Yeah, I, I just realized that too. <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, they need to borrow some of his specimens.
1: <laughs> Maybe Professor Shaw is like uh, the Earth King's regular-ass bear Bosco, <laughs> where he's like the one and only guy who's not Asian for some reason in this world, much like how Bosco's the only animal besides... Those uh, snakes that we established. (laughs) Uh, That is, like, just not a hybrid animal. (laughs) So maybe (sighs) Professor Shaw is the token white guy for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Well,
0: I mean, isn't there implied to be an India somewhere that we never actually see? Maybe there's another continent on the other side of the world that's just white guys.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure now that I think about it. I don't remember hearing that, but yeah, do we... I mean, we never get the full context if, like, the entire map of the, like, different, like, four nations is, like, the entire world. It's, like, you know, it's, like, never implied if it's, like, okay, yeah, that's, like, basically if you're looking at, like, a map of our world and everything where it's, like, one side connects to the other because <laughs> it being round and all. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... that's certainly
0: fair. I'm just thinking about the, the guru who shows up to yeah. help Ng and, like, he's definitely mm-hmm. not any of the other nations so he's got to come from
1: somewhere yeah i'm trying to well like isn't the guru just kind of hanging out in like one of the air nomad temples i'm trying to remember now i don't (laughs) it's been a while since i've rewatched that show and also again you shouldn't watch shows at the moment because of the strikes uh Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I just don't distinctly remember. Like, I don't remember hearing anything about there being like other continents in the world that we just never see from like well, the four nation maps.
0: It, like, it's never explicitly said. I think it is implied by the fact that his cultural upbringing that he displays is so vastly different from the other four nations. It's certainly possible that he is just a different from a different group of people who live in one of those nations that we just never see, but.
1: It at least
0: implies to me that there is more groups of people out there than Mm. we have, like, eyes on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this one person says the World of Avatar is almost entirely East Asian, with virtually no South Asian influence at all, except for at least two Indian-inspired individuals, which are Guru Patik, and Varak's unnamed Swami. I (laughs) don't remember... Who is that character
0: when it comes to (laughs) Varak? Uh given that it is referred to as varic swami i would have to assume some sort of spirit leader that teaches him how to meditate
1: oh right there is definitely a part yeah there's definitely a part where like uh Thabur bolin or mako walk in on him as he's like doing like some sort of like meditation sort of deal so yeah because like to be fair again like whenever i think of varic in terms of, like somebody with him it's usually just surely because <laughs> he's just always there <laughs> so i was like it can't be julie obviously because she has a name first off and also she's not indian so yeah there could be but also i mean there might just be like i don't know pockets of like uh india inspired individuals just hanging out in this world from the map of the four nations that we see because like i was trying to see if there's like anything about like if there is just more on the map that we just never see but i couldn't find anything about that just from a quick google
0: yeah. Either way, um, there's at
1: least one white guy here, and we don't know how that's possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, uh, fantasy America also exists in this world somewhere, and that's where Shaw is from.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh,
0: so th- th- they're just gonna borrow a couple of his specimens, um, th- the ones he got in his latest expedition. She wants that this cover story is that she wants to display them in the Fire Nation because they're just so very cute and cuddly and you know blah 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 it's fine and Jonju fully just grabs the art off the wall which was apparently painted by a master artist of the water tribe and he he pulls it off the wall and sends the painting as well as part of this bri- to bribe him and um there is a mention here that like Heyron seemed slightly disgusted by his reliance on bribery, but that was an Earth Kingdom cultural quirk that people from the other three nations often had trouble getting used to. I hate it. It's racist.
1: Yeah, yeah I feel like there's also parts in the shows where people from all the different nations bribe each other at times.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, John Ju wants to borrow the sure shurshus, As if we didn't have enough sounds.
1: Um, <laughs> well, we, we at least... It's, it's interesting that, like, this... Like, the end right there of just him saying the Shurshoes is, like, it's... I mean, to be fair, if you're reading this book, you most likely at least have familiarity with the show, but it's, like, it is a little bit funny how if you don't have any sort of, like, familiarity with the show, you would not know what the Shurshoe is. Yeah, so I guess...
0: It's not, I don't think, ever brought up in the book, but the Shurshoe is one of very few animals in the Avatar world that isn't, um it's a hybrid animal, but normally you just say, you know, badger mole, or whatever. Yeah, and in this case it has also a unique say that I name. Didn't,
1: I didn't even think of that until you just said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh.
0: So the Shurshoe is, it's like a it's a cross between a giant anteater, a wolf, and a star-nosed mole. It's probably about ten-ish feet tall, no eyes, star-nosed mole sort of thing going on, and it's got a big long anteater tongue, and they're very good at sniffing things which is great but yeah it, because it's three animals they just gave it a unique name instead of
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, i'm looking at it right now on the wiki because it's a combination of giant anteater wolf and star-nosed mole which is yeah it's like it's again like you say it's like the only time that it's like not just like two animals put mushed together
0: yeah there is so one other like... instance of three animals mashing up together but that one doesn't have a unique name. It's just a saber-toothed moose lion, so...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: So I really don't know what the deal with these things are, but if you are just reading the book, you do not have any of that context because yeah. it just kind of assumes that you've seen the show. So I had to talk about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, it is, like I said, like it is like a little bit of a funny instance here where it's like if you have not watched the show, which again, I don't think sure you come up in Korra at all. So like if you haven't watched particularly Last Airbender and you decide to read this book as an introduction to this world, you have no context for what this implies. <laughs> It's just this interesting... Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, uh, that's that's the end of my chapter. It's I'm gonna be real, it's not the most interesting chapter, and it's kind of short, so I had to stretch it out a little bit, because we had to go into some stuff, but... Yay, the evil adults have a plan now.
1: <laughs> Yay! And one of them finally dusted himself off after a day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Took him long enough, right? Yeah. The man has the power to control dust. He could literally just...
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he could literally just bend it all off of him like he's casting Prestidigitation, but he chooses not to for an entire day. <laughs> yep. Huh.
0: Alright. But for the moment, I think we need to jump to our Patreon. hmm Yeah you can, of course, always find us at patreon.com slash cast where we do our best to make sure you are entertained. <laughs> the primary way we do this is by letting you have a 13-week advance on our other show, The Axe Files. You know, that's like 20-ish hours of audio. That's that's almost a day of entertainment right there. <laughs> and that's, yeah,
1: now, now you put it like that, that's like, oh yeah, that's a lot actually. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we also do other stuff for instance every week I write a queer book review and recommendation Um, I think as of this recording I have 40 of those out now there's a lot of lot of gay books out there
1: yeah and uh, I usually will just go ahead and boot up whatever fancies me on my PC or PS5 in terms of playing it for like sometimes close to 3 hours and I don't know how many of those I've done at this point but it's a lot <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, even more hours of content. So if you'd like to join us, you can always find us there. But the other thing that we offer, of course, is shout-outs to our patrons on the episodes. So we need to give a huge thank you to Bookcase Queen and Aurora Borealis. We couldn't do it without
1: you. We appreciate your support and hope you stick around.
0: Yes, indeed. And we hope you're enjoying your rewards. Like I say, there's a lot of hours. (laughs) But uh, with that, I think we should probably get back to the show, because folks are listening to different hours of content this very moment. (laughs) Uh, Bye.
1: Alrighty. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, We will continue with Chapter 14, which is called The Introduction. I got the long chapter this week. (laughs) My chapter is like not like easily twice as long as yours i think it was <laughs>
0: yeah but you had to introduce
1: all the new characters true i mean yeah it's a literal introduction because we were introduced to multiple new people but yeah uh i guess i'll at the top here i'll give a content warning for terrible teeth stuff because uh qc is having a bad nightmare <laughs> uh so if you don't like that skip ahead i guess like 20 seconds because like Yeah, she's basically having a nightmare, Uh, you know, similar to how Rangi had one like two chapters ago, so they're just trading off, I guess. Uh, Kiyoshi dreams of basically trying to open the secret bottom part of the box where she kept her parents' gear. I'm presuming that this is like part of the box she actually did open when she opened it. Uh, This might just be her dreaming it because I don't think she would have like, wouldn't leave the the box behind if she knew that there was more stuff in the secret compartment. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, and two people who I presume to be her parents show up and basically just kind of act, like, really, like... Like, I, I wrote dotering. I don't know if it's not or doddering. <laughs> I, I wrote it, and then, like, I had to say it there. I was just like, uh-oh, I think it's dotering. Uh Yeah, they act, like, dotering towards her in, like, a very creepy way as the box burns her, and, again, teeth stuff. Uh, her teeth turned, basically, just, like, falling kind of apart pretty much falling apart and swimming around her mouth it's gross <laughs> uh and also the man turns into jangjiu at one point uh I'm... you know with his face and name yeah, you know, face and voice sorry mm-hmm. to
0: interrupt but since they are described here i'm gonna go ahead and drop an image in the chat which i know is great for our listeners mm-hmm. but uh,
2: oh yeah <laughs> there
0: is an official image of kiyoshi's parents
1: yeah okay yeah I was like pretty sure at least like considering that she's having a nightmare it's like who else like two people in particular a man and a woman who else could it possibly be who showed up in her dream <laughs> so it's like yeah I basically made that assumption that it had to have been them yeah 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 Yeah. I guess it makes sense just like I mean yeah her mom has the little like headdress and her dad wears the makeup so it's like I guess it makes sense with where she gets both from
0: it surely does yep However, yeah. her mom also has a bunch of snake tattoos. I think you know, she should get a bunch of snake tattoos.
1: Yeah, like yeah, that's something I don't bring up in the description. But yeah, like describes the woman as having snake tattoos running all down her arms. I don't think in the description it mentions that she has it going up her back and like even like on her forehead.
0: I don't Just... think it does. No.
1: Yeah, I know it's red. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Basically, uh, Rangi eventually wakes her up from the dream with news that they've arrived in Port Chameleon Bay. Where they're basically just doing a once over of it uh, before a landing just to scout out stuff because Rangi's one in charge, so of course she's going to be cautious. Uh, Kiyoshi had uh, led them here according to the instructions in the journal that she has. And again, I'm going to fuck up this pronunciation. I even listen. I listened to the audiobook and everything, and I forgot to look it up again with this, but they're basically looking for Madam. I'm going to do my best here. I think it's uh, Kichi? I didn't. We don't get we don't get introduced to this person at all. It's just that this is her tea house. <laughs> so
0: it's just it's, like the name of the place. It's not even.
1: Yeah, it's just like Madame Kishi's uh, tea house is just like the building that they're looking for in particular. I would again, guess
0: Chi Chi, but yeah, it doesn't actually
1: like. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm, I'm really trying to think to how the pronunciation was in the book, but uh, the book, but I just don't remember. Again, it doesn't matter. This character's not here. If she shows up again. I'll actually look it up. Proper. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they basically find this tea house amidst this really ramshackle town that there's, like, very few actual, like, large buildings at all in this place. It's just, it's kind of just run down. Uh, they have to land some distance away to keep Pong Pong hidden, since news of a sky bison found an airbender would inevitably find its way back to Janshu, because, of course, this guy runs everything. So, after they promised to come back for her later, they set out on foot into the dismal town, and it's, like, really desolate fields that barely support any sort of life. Like, they're like, this town supports life in, like, the most generous sense, is kind of how they put it in the narration. <laughs> it's like, and eh, there's people here. Whether they're really, truly living or not is another issue. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rangi uh, shed enough of her like copness to say that people shouldn't be forced to live like this and she actually had heard about Kiyoshi's childhood before Kelsang had taken her in because apparently Auntie Mui talks <laughs> so I- I'm guessing it was probably Kelsang who probably confided in Auntie Mui here because I don't think Kiyoshi would have told her <laughs> so uh. I would have to imagine maybe like Kelsang had to explain the situation a little bit to be like, hey, go easy on her she's had a shitty time <laughs> Yeah, I have to assume. Yep, and then Auntie Mui uh, agrees to go easy on her, but also does not keep her fucking mouth shut. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Not great. Uh, Rangi just finds it repulsive that the townsfolk really did not give a shit about her when she needed them, which is why she's always trying to coax Kiyoshi into stop being nice and just go (laughs) apeshit. But Kiyoshi places the blame of her past situation on who she describes as a different party, which, again, I can also only assume to be her crappy parents. i feel pretty much confident
0: the thing is is that uh, rangi can't stop being nice and go apeshit she's a soldier she has a job to do but if she can get kiyoshi (laughs) to do it
1: yeah exactly it's like i i have my code of honor and all because fire nation uh, soldier but you don't have a code of honor go do yeah if you want to uh, stop giving uh, shit about being nice and go ape shit, well, then, hey, I'll profit from that too, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, just go Godzilla for a while. It'll be fine. I'm your bodyguard.
1: Yeah, just drop a mountain <laughs> on people if they barbecue. It's fine. Kyoshi uh, actually brings that up directly because she dismisses this, because anything she could have done would have thoroughly destroyed the various shitty kids of the town, because she's like, I would basically be dropping mountains on them at that point because I don't have any fine powers over my bending and everything so it's like it would be disproportional whatever i did to them also <laughs> they were like half my size i would just stomp on them <laughs> <laughs> but she also then asked if uh, the fire nation would allow this like basically property like this she basically like kind of phrases like well i mean like clearly even like the fire nation themselves wouldn't be able to like make sure everybody has enough too right and rangy does admit that not everyone gets an equal share of their prosperity but perhaps someday they can aka she's really foreshadowing the fire nation doing the global colonization conquest huh oh. <laughs> 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 whoops yeah, you know, maybe maybe someday the world will uh, bask in the glory of the Fire Nation. Oops. <laughs> yeah, maybe in, like, say, 300-ish years. Yeah, you know, fa- fast forward to uh, the first time Susan's Comet shows up and, uh, well, not Rangi's descendant, but, like, one of the Fire Lord descendants deciding, uh, I could do a colonization on the global scale, right? <laughs> <laughs> and also do a genocide. And <laughs> like, whoops. Yeah. At any anyway, rate, uh they reach the tea house where they just find an old man sleeping across the doorway and he like jerks awake at their approach uh he's described this as basically being just like a really like in a really sorry state of things and like having his like uh arms shiver and stuff from what kiyoshi can presume to be hunger i'm not sure if that's really the case as we'll see with this man later on <laughs> uh Kiyoshi and Rangi both give both give him some coins to get some food, since uh, Kiyoshi knows that they won't be needing money once they're inside uh, the tea house, according to the journal's instructions. And they go and enter the half-finished shop because, like, the old man is like really not described as like letting them pass, but it's really implied that he just like immediately took off <laughs> from
2: what we yeah, heard later on.
0: I do wanna like we don't have concepts of value exactly, mm-hmm. but. Strongi specifically gives him a silver piece as her coin, and this is enough to turn his expression to quote outright shock. So I think she yeah. just gave him like a lot of money.
1: Yeah, because like I, I know it's all I know it's something we brought up before, but like there's like the, pretty much a bunch of different currencies in the world of Avatar. Because like it's described as Kyoshi gives him a few coppers that she has like just like hidden away in her outfit. So it's, yeah, it, like,
0: but, it honestly treats it like the Indian yeah. money.
1: Yeah, I mostly just always remember, like, in. The, by the time of Cora, I feel like there's, like, a unified currency system, because I definitely remember in Republic City, they used the yuan as mm-hmm. their form, which I guess is actually maybe, like, a little bit inspired uh, by the. Uh, well, not inspired, but, like, I know the Cowboy Bebop currency is, like, named something pretty similar, right? <laughs> well, I, think I
0: don't it's think it's that far of an extrapolation from yen. Yeah. Yet.
1: Yeah, I I I think in Cowboy Bebop it's the Wulong, so it's, like, kind of close. But, yeah, it's, like, it's all kind of, like, inspired, I think, from... That is like a like a central source but yeah it's like the world of avatar definitely has just like a bunch of different currencies at times like i know that's like sometimes you see just like giant gold bars somewhere <laughs> in like a shot so it's like i'm not sure what's going on there but i mean it's gold gold has the least value in terms of jewelry so i guess it has some value even if it's not a tradable currency yeah why do they yeah. even want gold um <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, we know platinum also exists in the world of Avatar. At least by the time of Korra, people have figured out what platinum is. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: but like, platinum has a defined value in that it cannot be earthbent. It can be used as a weapon.
1: Yeah, but... yeah, that's that's basically the only reason because they're like, well, we invented this, and by the time of like the Industrial Revolution, essentially, it'd be a little bit too easy to solve things with metal bending, so you can't burn platinum for some reason it's too pure
2: yeah but the, I'm the point sure that i'm trying to make here is
0: is that like gold is not inherently more valuable than any other metal because no one can bend metal at this point in time and True. we don't have yeah. a gold standard on the currency so what, what why what yeah
1: <laughs> and also because like obviously like you can't turn like gold into weapons like you could iron yeah
0: iron so. should be way more valuable <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's not for some reason.
0: The only reason gold would be useful is as a crappy throwaway coin that you can put in everyone's pocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much. That, I mean, that's just, that's what gold serves in a lot of fantasy worlds, basically, because that's the only purpose it has. Yeah. At any rate, uh, they enter the shop, and it's like, it's really just it's like they did not finish this place at all like the floor is basically described as being mostly made of straw and sand and there's like just no way to reach the second floor which they built the doors to guest rooms up there before they actually bothered to like put a staircase or flooring up there to be able to reach <laughs> them so i have a lot of questions about how they actually constructed this place but i'm not gonna get them answered weirdly uh... this is
0: a question i can answer but not for another few weeks <laughs>
1: Okay, well, hey, at least at least in the context of this show, I'm at least getting questions I have answered within weeks compared to on X-Files where it's always like, yeah, just wait 4 years, you'll get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So there we go. Okay. But yeah, uh They describe this guy as being a man, but as he takes a step closer to them, he just basically keeps reverting in age until they realize he's just a kid, basically. (laughs) Uh, But he shows up to take their order, and Kiyoshi gives him the code phrase. The kid is really annoyed at the old man, whose name he reveals to be Lao Gi, because apparently the old man was supposed to be keeping watch for... He doesn't specify what, but I'm presuming just for, like, certain situations like this, of, like, oh my god, I would not have to deal with somebody else here who I'm not sure of what the deal <laughs> is. But Logi is too busy with the wine that he bought using the money Kyoshi Rangi had given him, so he doesn't give a shit, and also, I don't think this old man is starving, I think it's all an act. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, mm. there is very much a, like a, he tilted a liquor bottle to his lips and drank deeply, his ragged sleeve falling down his arm to reveal sheaves of corded muscle under papery skin. Yeah,
1: yeah, this old man is fucking shredded. Yep. <laughs> I don't think he's starving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: this bro it, eats it's... nothing but creatine powder
1: <laughs> yeah uh Lange kind of rolls he's, he's he's great in this chapter from what we see of him <laughs> yeah uh the kid then returns to the kitchen as rangi cannot help but still be surprised that their plan of entering a Dalfe hideout to see Kelp is actually being carried out in front of her eyes <laughs> <laughs> K- kiyoshi offers her one last chance to bear out since she again rangi is a little bit of a cop but rangi's more worried about kiyoshi than about her own honor in this whole deal because kiyoshi's one leading this so she's one of the only thieves so it's on her uh the boy then returns to that point with some tea and sits with them and the kitchen a big man in his 30s follows him as well as an like really acrobatic life kind of waterbender lady who just walks out of one of the unreachable rooms without immediately eating shit from the 12 foot (laughs) fall Uh, she, she, like describes this as like it looked like she like falls slower i'm not sure how she really does that because i i don't think she's waterbending to get herself down but she's just somehow just walking out and just being perfectly fine from the drop so whatever <laughs> i do
0: want to mention here this guy the big guy not the waterbender who came out of the kitchen uh he's referred to as as tall as kelsong and half again as thick this book is just full of giants where did all the giants y- go why yeah. are there any giants by the time Un comes around <laughs>
1: <laughs> i guess they all died out somehow <laughs> maybe maybe the fire nations like uh colon- colonization effort really like got a bunch of people really jacked and slimmed down from making them before working in like internment camps and stuff but I mean yeah, between
0: um this guy and Kelsong and Kyoshi we've already got at least three people who are like seven feet tall.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess like Combustion Man is pretty shredded and tall from what I remember. I guess. But also but like, is Combustion he that Man tall and... or
0: is he just standing next to children? <laughs>
1: he might it might just be that he's sitting next to children to be fair i mean i'm thinking of like mostly when like zuko's trying to like hold him back and it's like well zuko's like 16 he's not that tall yeah no also zuko's not that physically strong ever to really do anything but yeah. yeah. No, also, being fair, Combustion Man ain't much of a character. <laughs> <laughs> I think. He, I think. I think. If I'm remembering correctly, I think Zuko is like. what you call him Combustion Man? His name is like Frank or whatever. it is. I forget. Like, I think he says his name or whatever. Hold up. He can't
0: be named Frank. No. If he's named well, Frank than
1: that. <laughs> another white guy in the setting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up now. What is Combustion? Who's uh Combustion Man. did give him a nickname by Sokka uh oh maybe i'm misremembering maybe it's just that like Zuko's just like wait you call him combustion man maybe that's what it is (laughs)
2: because
1: like the wiki doesn't list anything about him it lists his other okay yeah his height is seven foot
0: two so he is
1: okay yeah well there you go They can also list his skin color as light, so... <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is the only other white guy left in the setting by the point of uh, angst time. <laughs> yeah, you know, who knows? I uh, don't think so. Nah, but maybe. He's also, I, I don't he's think also not... so. No, he's also really not a character. He doesn't fuck. <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah. Yeah, the kid then starts in the conversation with how Kiyoshi is using an older code that hasn't been used in years, and sounds like she's just reading it from instructions, and so his assumption is that these two are cops, which again, he's kind of not wrong about Rangi, at the least. <laughs> she's kind of a cop. Uh, Kiyoshi just puts an end to this nonsense, uh, basically more to prevent Rangi from burning these three to death by deciding to knock the foundation of the building up by half an inch of her bending to basically, like, stun the other the three criminals into silence for a bit uh and then she admits to hating their kind but that doesn't matter right now because they're bound by their stupid criminal code to help her and to prove her point she slams down one of the war fans onto the table to show who she is <laughs> yeah it's it's just like kiyoshi just immediately escalates like again uh has been trying so long to get her to stop being nice and go ape shit and like kiyoshi's maybe finally actually taking that to heart a little <laughs> of being like fuck you give me what i want <laughs> Mm. Uh, Lao Gi, who basically had snuck on over during this in between Kyoshi and Rangi without them realizing it, immediately recognized this fan as belonging to Jessa, and Kyoshi that, admits that her and Hark were her parents. <laughs> which we finally get names for them. <laughs> these assholes. The uh, Dalfe have to go back into the kitchen to discuss this development, because they're like, oh fuck, we didn't expect this crap. Uh, while Kyoshi tries to defend herself to Rangi, revealing that. She had told Rangi everything about her past ahead of time, so you shouldn't be surprised here. (laughs) You know, my parents were shit.
0: i do love that lauki calls her our baby
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like our, our baby has a turn that calls for a drink and he's just it's like it's, i i was thinking of like the fucking the first episode of futurama when like bender's like well that's solves the mystery of the stolen ring because he steals lula's ring or whatever in the end like in like a scene where like they're just all like holding hands in the goofy way and he's like this calls for a drink and he just takes out like three beers from his chest cavity and just drinks them all <laughs> <laughs> like that's just what Laugi is at this point basically just bender uh yep to her credit rangi is a little less of a cop here because she doesn't care all that much about uh like you know kiyoshi's past as she does about how k- aggressive kiyoshi was getting in that situation which kiyoshi also finds a bit amusing because rangi's approach is usually to set somebody on fire and ask questions later <laughs> uh yeah kiyoshi... but she's right
0: though like generally if you go into a criminal's hideout and tell them to their face i hate you but you're gonna give me all this money anyway
1: yeah typically that doesn't work <laughs> you know d- generally speaking <laughs> it's just that like kiyoshi also happens to have like a-, a bargaining chip that they weren't expecting but at the same time usually you don't just walk in being like fuck you give me what i need <laughs> but, Yeah. Huh. Uh, basically Kiyoshi, uh again defends herself saying that acts of aggression like this are the only way they respect somebody at all but rangi kind of can only see it like Kyoshi was begging for them to attack her i have theories about this because again i feel like Kyoshi just really wants to fuck up some Fei because of her parents being shitty <laughs> <laughs> and therefore just basically being like come on just give me a fucking excuse i'll do it <laughs> Uh, Kiyoshi does apologize, even though she thinks that she has to get tough in order to really stand a chance of beating Zhangju. And the three of the. Uh, the yeah, uh, the three Daofei then return at this point to properly introduce themselves. The big guy introduces himself as Flitting Sparrow Keep Wong. It's usually just referred to as Wong after that. The Warder ban lady is Karima. She doesn't have any nickname, she's just Karima and the kid is Bullet Lek aka Skullcrusher Lek or Lek of the Whistling Deaf which is companions clearly don't think much of him since they just kind of roll their eyes and be like ah this fucking guy behind his back (laughs) I mean
0: he definitely made up his own nicknames and I don't think you're supposed to do that when you have a crime yeah no
1: absolutely absolutely. this kid is just giving a bunch of nicknames that he's like I thought of a bunch of cool names for me (laughs) and meanwhile it's like this this kid's like 14 he has definitely not really done a crime much (laughs)
0: yeah I mean the the, the way it's it's treated, it seems very clear that these guys have, uh, I guess, professional criminal names. Not nicknames exactly, but sort of like a a moniker that's attached to them as part of the gang. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely just making up his own.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, he's making up a lot to make up for the fact that Karima just doesn't give a shit about that tradition and just calls herself by her name.
0: <laughs> I mean, Karima might be a professional name. We don't
1: know what her real name is. Mm, true, I guess. They could all be fake, making up names for all we know uh but kiyoshi gives her and rangi's real names which gets a little bit of side eye from rangi being like oh we're using our actual names okay yeah you could have made uh, up
0: some cool nicknames
1: could have didn't you could have called me uh, the
0: firestorm doom rangi
1: <laughs> well that's still giving the name rangi though <laughs> that's the part that rangi cares about the fact that's like oh we're using our real names to the criminals okay <laughs> but yeah uh yeah but kiyoshi starts to explain how she came to be here from the beginning with laogi helping to fill in some gaps about how jess and hark seemingly quit being cooks for a while which kind of does match with before they had dumped kiyoshi and their criminating evidence aka the box full of stuff at the same time yeah uh yeah basically like at just doesn't believe that kiyoshi's parents were the family because of how loyal they were as bosses but Karima sides with kiyoshi since hey it's her lived-in experience after all you're saying like she basically phrases like you're telling their own daughter that they didn't do this maybe we should listen to what happened to her because we weren't yeah. the ones that happened to
0: <laughs> it's also worth noting that thanks to what laogi is saying that kiyoshi draws this conclusion that like oh the reason they abandoned me is because they wanted to do, go do more crimes and they couldn't while they
2: had a kid yep
1: yeah <laughs> pretty much
2: <laughs>
1: like they took a few years off weirdly enough and then they came back and it's like hmm, i wonder what happened during those few years it sounds like they uh fucked and had a kid and then realized <laughs> shit we can't really bring a kid on crime Uh, what if we just uh, leave this kid behind that would be great we could do way more crimes uh, see what Jessa and Hark have to do is watch the D&D movie because you absolutely can bring a kid with you to do crimes (laughs) as uh as Edgin and uh oh I'm forgetting the barbarian lady's name uh I wanted to say Harrow, but it's like nope, that's Harrow Hark and the Decimus. Uh, <laughs> Hoga, yeah, like they bring the kid along with them to do crime, and the kid loves it. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you should have brought QOC along and taught her crime. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh kiyoshi basically had kept the secret of her being the kid of criminals from the townsfolk since they have treated her even worse than they already had which is not saying much considering they treated her like dirt (laughs) (laughs) and she can tell rangi's wondering if they actually would have still been friends if she had known from the start about kiyoshi's crappy parents like just basically running all the variables in her head of like well would it still be the same as it is or not (laughs) and it's like uh who can say Kiyoshi basically had to just come here since the man who she worked for had killed two of the only people in the world that she cared about, and so she's here to basically resort to whatever she needs in order to uh, get Shanju to pay through means outside of the law. Because it's like, well, he's too powerful for the law to do anything to him, so I need the opposite of that. I need to do crime to get his ass. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's another moment in here about Kiyoshi doing her sort of self hate thing, where mm-hmm. she mentions about, like,. If if Frangi had known all this from the very beginning, would she still like me, or would she have thrown me in the trash like she throws everyone
1: else
2: in the yeah, trash? Yeah, I kind of glossed,
1: I kind <laughs> of glossed over that, just in terms of like, would they have still been friends if she knew about Kyoshi's parents from the start, kind of deal? But yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's a lot of that of like Kyoshi of course, just like having to just berate herself over stuff that's outside of her control. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, again, it's very, Kiyoshi is so critical of every part of herself, even the parts that are not her fault and she has no control over, and it's it mm. really paints a picture of her as a character.
1: Yeah. Yep, Kiyoshi has a lot of PTSD, and it will not be addressed at the rate she's going. Yeah. <laughs> Leck then has to break the news about Kiyoshi's parents being taken by a fever three years ago, but Kiyoshi acts like she doesn't care at all, while also thinking about how if they actually were here in some room, she'd have run out of the room screaming because, again, hey, that's BTSC! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, yeah, her just being like, oh, they're dead or something? I don't fucking care. Meanwhile, she's like, uh, if they take birds, birds out of a room, I would just run from this place screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, hey, being fair, they were shitty towards you. Uh, Lex says that no one should ever be this mean towards their own family, which Kiyoshi and I both agree that nah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, especially in her case, because it, you know, she's like basically being like, well, it's kind of a family tradition of them to basically be uh, terrible towards their family, given that they had dumped her when she took up too much space. <laughs> <laughs> At the end. Uh, aside from my own stuff, I could agree just in general, it's like, if you have shitty family, you should not deal with them.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining Kiyoshi's
1: parents each carrying
0: a bag of loot and desperately trying to figure out who can pick up the child from the loot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like like they have a cart and they're like trying to basically play tetris the best they can with their loot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their kid and they're like oh, we can fit one more bag or we can fit kiyoshi in here Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> it's like fucking oregon trail but like your actual like family members have weight to themselves too for the oxen to have to carry <laughs> okay now we could bring 800 pounds of beef or we could bring <laughs> kiyoshi <laughs> And then you leave her behind, and it's like, wait, shit! She had the only gun and all the bullets. (laughs) Fuck. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you, you, you... God, the oxen break down. You lose. Uh, you lose like three thousands of food, and also (laughs) Kyoshi. While trying to ford the river. (laughs) Alright. Uh, yeah uh kiyoshi basically just act, tries to act all cool and tough to make her point of not caring about her family by uh snapping the war fan shut but she fucks it up fully and it folds up the wrong way so she makes a note about being like i should maybe learn how to actually use these things properly to actually do something cool like that <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very funny how it's like describes her just trying to basically like snap it shut and it just falls out of alignment immediately <laughs> it's like just fucked up and it's like hmm yep well tried and failed but i'll figure it out <laughs> Uh, she concludes that, at any rate, she isn't here to confront her parents anyway, and just wants access to safe houses in the largest cities, and instru- introductions to the strongest vendors in their criminal network, and training from them in order to learn how to ruin Zhangji's day forever. <laughs> uh, the three fate basically just end up laughing because uh, that network that she wants, uh, this is it, folks. Just one little tea house with a couple of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyoshi basically, like, relays, like, the bit of weariness she feels at this news as to when she was a kid, basically dragging the heavy chest while looking for help not long after her parents had ditched her, basically just basically being like, yep, this is, that, this is the most tired I've ever been since then, huh, just basically having nowhere to go and just being so fucking fed up with this shit. <laughs> Uh, and at this, Wong explains that crackdowns across the Earth Kingdom have basically cut them off from gangs in the other cities, uh, leaving them with not much news nor jobs to do, so they're basically just, like, fucking dirt poor, just like the rest of the town, they have nothing going on. Like, Fervor elaborates that the journal that she has would indicate what influence they had at least a decade prior, uh, compared to how desperate they just are now like yep your 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 book's out of date dear lady sorry that you had out of date information but that's not how it is today
0: <laughs> it also mentions that leck would have been three years old during their heyday which means he is yeah 13
1: yeah yeah again <laughs>
0: this this is a boy <laughs> they let this child do crime with them <laughs>
1: I don't I think that it's like basically more like the kid kept begging them to let them do a crime with them but they haven't actually had them do a crime yet and it's like yeah we're, we're, we'll get there eventually when we when the first job we get you'll do a crime with us and it's like they've just been sitting here for years basically being like we haven't had the job show up yet <laughs> it's like please let us have something come up so this way we can finally get out of this tea house and not have to listen to let come up with more bullshit nicknames for himself
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they 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 have nothing going on. <laughs> these, these three dorks just hanging out here, just being like, "Yep, we're criminals and we don't have crime to do." <laughs> yeah, Frankie at this four point uh, True, but Loki is also kind of just like off doing his own thing, which is just getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of the party grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's just kind of being inter. He, the rest of the group is basically just putting up with him slash ignoring him and so it's like he's just kind of here <laughs> it's like he's like yeah he's just hanging out also i forgot to mention at some point but there were like just like a group of other people in this tea house but basically when like Kyoshi seemed like she's about to start shit they basically just threw coins down to pay for their tea and then ran out because uh they're going to be important i think later on
0: i mean she just yeah. bounced the entire building into the air
2: of course yeah they ran. yeah yeah you know hey uh
1: i think i forget if they ran before or after that i think it was before that <laughs> like when Kyoshi basically like first started sitting down with them, and it's like, oh, okay, this is not going in the direction that's going to be useful for us. So we'll look at that. Huh. Hey. Rangi tells Kyoshi that, you know, hey, we tried, and uh, she also accidentally lets slip that they have a sky bison here because she basically begins with a suggestion of where they should fly to next. But before she can actually make that suggestion, the rest of the dalfi are like, wait a sec, you have a, you have a sky bison? Okay, this changes the conversation a bit. <laughs> Huh. Uh, they, yeah, they explain that they're really only obligated to keep Kyoshi safe, not follow orders to help her on a quest for revenge, but now that they know that Kyoshi and Rangi have something that they want, uh, the conversation is, uh, you know, evolving, basically. They mostly just want a partnership to hitch a ride to a place with better prospects, and in exchange, they'll help her find an earthbender, not on Janju's payroll, and at this point, Kyoshi realizes her mistake of having shown off her earth bending earlier, rather than being nondescript about bending. Because now she realizes that in order to get training with the other elements, she would have to reveal who she actually is. So, to complicate things. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Rangi is fully against this offer again because she's a cop, but Lex says that they wouldn't last a day in the criminal circles without their guidance. And also at that point, uh, Lbg interrupts them by saying that they should decide pretty quickly since uh, apparently the actual cops are coming. <laughs> That's where that <laughs> chapter ends. Just yeah. I'm like, yep, uh, somebody called the police. What's... <laughs> he
0: sure does say the police are coming, but I didn't know there were police in this reality.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think the only time that like police really is said is in Korra because of like the metal bending police that I still hate. Toph created. So Top has got canceled too, because uh, I don't think the word police is really ever said in the original show. Like it, I think it, I think mostly when it comes to it, it's always just like guards and like not like police force in the sense.
2: Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: At least, again, from my recollection, it's been years since I last rewatched any uh, Avatar anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh. uh yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a long chapter, but it's, like, it's really just, like, people just talking and trying to figure out shit, and then being like, oops, yep, we, we said too much, fuck, we're bad at being a covert because we're not criminals, yet."
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, definitely a lot of new intro characters, uh... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I like any of them yet, with the exception of Party Grandpa, who is definitely the best character <laughs> so far in this
2: book. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Maggi of these uh, four is definitely the highlight, just because he's just, like you say, he's Party Grandpa. He's just hanging out, he's drinking a bunch of alcohol, because apparently he bought, like, so many bottles and just keeps drinking one after another. Listen, the Pops might time. be
0: here, but don't worry about it, we're having a good time, it's fine. Yep. <laughs> sure you're 19, you're still my baby, even though I'm not related to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I I would have to presume that they hang around for a bit. Like, I I would have to assume that, like, in escaping from the police, presumably in the next chapter, because it is called escape and all, (laughs) uh, that they have to hang around for a while, I think. But then again, I seemingly was wrong about, uh, the waterbender captain lady the pirate because uh, she's not shown up since she was captured <laughs> oh yeah I, her.
2: I forgot yeah. about her
1: yeah well, I mean it's like they spend so much building up to her that it's like oh it's like inevitable that she has to show up like right I was like thinking at the time it's like is she gonna be Kyoshi's waterbending teacher but she's just in prison so maybe not <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs> I would mean,
1: oh, hope because she rules and she should get out of prison and teach Kyoshi how to waterbend but uh, who knows <laughs> Uh, you know i don't obviously
0: (laughs) yeah yeah man
1: that would rock
0: let's 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 have an avatar book where the teacher is like
1: that's what i that's why i thought tagaka was being introduced like so early on and like built up to be this big thing and like when she betrays them and gets captured it's like oh i inevitably was like thinking like there's gonna be news that she broke out and Kyoshi's like well shit i know she's a really good waterbender I guess maybe. I mean, she's kind of uh, Jean-Ju's enemy and so am I. So I guess we have to work together as much as I hate it to figure out water bending for me to be able to get revenge. Like Honestly, it's like it felt a pretty solid call. Yeah, it, it felt so easily like lined up there, and I might just be wrong with that. <laughs> <Which> I know <laughs> usually I'm right in terms of making like predictions on the show, and it might I might be wrong for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah yeah uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just again it's fun to actually have like a few more characters introduced just because, yeah it's like, about time right yeah the, the book has been kind of pretty narrow in terms of the cast so far because like it mostly was just like kiyoshi Kelsang, Yun, yoon and Johnju and like Rangi was kind of more off to the side until recently <laughs> when she came along on the the crime adventure I guess yeah <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah.
0: just less than halfway through this book, and we're finally, finally, finally starting to do stuff, so...
1: Oh, really? We're already there? Hmm? I thought, I thought... Oh, yeah, yeah, because the book is, like, like 33 chapters, so yeah, we're close to the halfway point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah, which... I, I mean, I'm just wondering how much we actually get in terms of progress towards like Kyoshi learning other bending forms considering that like obviously i get that there's another book after this but it's like i'm just trying to think of like where we end up at the end of this book and and to like basically lead off to the next one
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i guess what i will say is that the second book does not lead directly from this one it happens i think it's three years in the future so oh okay Either there is a time skip arc or this book resolves everything. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, hmm. there's there's definitely some space here. Um, But yeah, with that said, I think... Do you have any further comments on these chapters?
1: Um, uh, Not really, no. I, I, I just continue to hate Jonju and everything he stands for. He sucks. <laughs> he surely I does. This. I hate this man. He's the worst. Uh,
0: They did a good job of making a guy we hate.
2: (laughs) Yep.
1: Uh, Pretty much immediate, just being like, yep, he's just a shitty politician, and he's he's terrible. Uh, Ah. You know, again, I, I, I like just, like, the whole, like, Essentially, like tavern scene of just talking to some shitty criminals who suck and don't have any work to do. It is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's like again, like Hiroshi was expecting a way different situation and all, and then they're like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't actually have any network anymore." Uh, but hey, yeah. maybe we can help you out elsewhere if you take us on your your flying bison there.
0: <laughs> yeah, she really thought she was going to get the mafia, and instead she got the Three Stooges.
1: <laughs> And also uh, party grandpa.
0: (laughs) And party grandpa.
1: (laughs) At the least, I hope Lao Gi stank- sticks around. Like, I hope Lao Gi is, like, actually, like, an earthbending master or something and is the one that teaches <laughs> her. <laughs> like, that would just be fun. Because, like, again, it's like he's, you know, it's, it's like if uh, if Boomy actually had taught Aang how to earthbend, yeah, 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 just yeah, being, yeah. like, a wacky old dude. But also, like, instead of just being, like, a little bit of an eccentric who likes eating rock candy, he's just an alcoholic party grandpa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so,
0: Kiyoshi, the first thing you're going to do to earthbend is what you do is you get drunk. I know you're 19, I don't care,
1: are you gonna? <laughs> I mean, I, some. I think in like in Japan, at the least in other Asian cult, uh, countries, I think the legal drinking age is 18, so it might be in oh, this world, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's fancy Asia, Kiyoshi, you can drink at the age of 18, it's fine, don't worry about it, just get drunk if you wanna, yeah, if you, you wanna beat the shit out of Zhangjiu, you gotta learn to drink first. <laughs> gotta learn how to hold your liquor, and then you can learn how to kick his ass.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that will take us into questions. Then, if you mm-hmm. have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast2 on Twitter, at usweirdoscast on Blue Sky, or at usweirdos on CoHost. We are the best at uh, SEO. Um, <laughs> <laughs> This week uh, we, we yeah, just it's... have the one question uh, from M Healy at M of Healy on Twitter. This isn't really relevant, but you don't do questions on your animorphs show. If the animorph signature combat <laughs> morphs were Avatar-style combined animals, what would the second animal they would all pick? So I mean, obviously Rachel's an elephant bear. I don't. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Her her go-to like it, the thing is that like she's like kind of the only one that actually at this point has two different battle
2: morphs. So yeah. I feel
1: like she's the easy answer there, because obviously she just combines the way of the elephant and the brute force of the bear.
0: I'm thinking ja- skunk wolf for Cassie, because those seem to be her favorites. Yeah, uh, she
1: definitely likes the skunks a lot from where we're at in, that, in her whole second book. Uh, I just had yeah. the very cursed image of Jake combining uh, his... Uh, uh, i'm forgetting the predatory cat i guess but uh tiger, <laughs> tiger. i was like cheetah no cougar no it's Ti- <laughs> tiger with the fly so he's just like a tiger with giant fly wings flying mm-hmm. around <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah think... terrible
0: because <laughs> like the, the the two that jake talks about the most are the tiger and the peregrine falcon but mm-hmm. i don't know if a what a tiger oh, there you falcon go. yeah work? yeah
1: yeah, you a know, Falcon uh, tiger? I don't know. Yeah, like, basically just a pegasus, but instead of a horse, it's a tiger. <laughs> yeah, falcon tiger, definitely. Um, yeah, there you go,
0: yeah. Listen, the order of the words matters.
1: <laughs> True, yeah. Because
0: if it was a tiger falcon, it would be a bird with stripes. Um.
1: <laughs> now, see, but if you reverse the round to be tiger falcon, that's, like, Captain Falcon's, like, evil brother or something. <laughs> Huh. Like tiger falcon as a character from uh f-zero basically <laughs> news to me no no i'm making it up I'm, just oh, thinking okay. along the line- <laughs> I'm thinking along the lines of that because again like i don't think we ever find out what captain falcon's like proper name is i think he's <laughs> just always falcon basically but i'm um... thinking in terms of like if he's like bob falcon or whatever his huh. evil brother is tiger falcon <laughs> <laughs>
0: Marco, I don't know what Marco's deal is, because definitely Gorilla, but he doesn't really have other morphs. That he... Yeah, he
1: really, he really does
0: not have many, huh? <laughs> he, he's definitely got options, but he doesn't, like, have favorites the way the others do.
1: Yeah. Um, Lobster? Uh... <gasps> no, I, no, I don't think, <sighs> I, I don't know if you can answer this, because does the lobster morph ever come back? I don't think it does.
0: I think that was a (laughs) one-and-done.
1: So I don't think we can save Lobster as half of his, like, hybrid battle morph if it's never something that comes up again. (laughs) Also, Um, again, I I think... I feel like he would avoid it as much as possible because the one time he morphed Lobster, he almost got cooked. (laughs) His bird is an osprey. Uh... I feel like just combining them with their birds is just too easy, though, is the thing. Yeah, it's I know. Like, why would, why would you not just combine them all with birds so they all have flight in terms of their, like, you know, regular brute force?
0: I'm, listen, like, I'm struggling here, okay? Besides, it, we only uh, combined one of them with a bird so far.
1: Um, true, but we can't do it to all of them, I think. I, I guess, like, with, uh, the one thing I can think of Marco is, besides, obviously, his gorilla, is to, like, combine the gorilla with the dog, because he had a lot of fun in the dog brain. <laughs>
0: I guess that's true, but the listeners haven't heard that episode yet, so. Uh, true. Um,
1: yeah, but like he—he he had fun being a dog. I think. I think he's kind of fond of the yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. He really other likes he the has. Irish
0: setter. So, do we think Irish gorilla or gorilla
1: setter? <laughs> uh, gorilla setter is funnier to me, sounding to me. Be. Really, because I love
0: Irish gorilla. That, <laughs> that speaks to me of a gorilla that's just an electric hag.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm more imagining uh, the... Oh, wait, no, I guess it's not Irish, because... No, I'm thinking Scottish. I was thinking of the uh, the hat that uh, Gloria has in Pokemon Sword No, she's Scottish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or at least people yeah. head her as Scottish, because people like just having her swear. <laughs> she's Scottish.
0: Um, And, of course, the hat, Tobias the, the hat is definitely just quiet. bird.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Tobias only has one other morph that we remember from back in Book 1, because he morphed into his cat. <laughs> yeah, right, but morph- no, he's, he's just yeah. bird. Not yeah, uh,
0: not tiger bird, not yeah, skunk yeah, bird, he, just
1: he's, bird. He's, yeah, he's the boss of the group. He's just a bird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but what about Axe. Axe, my bad. Yeah. Because, um, like, the thing is, like, with Axe, it's like he vastly prefers being an antelite. He does. Um, But I think he might be fond of the wolf spider, just because he's like, ah, great, an animal that actually makes sense, because it has more than just two legs, unlike you about... humans. What about...
0: What about a hammerhead rattlesnake?
1: (laughs) I kind of still feel like he would like the limbs, though, is the thing. Because, like, the the shark, at least, like, if it's in the water, obviously it doesn't need the legs for stability. But I feel like he would very much like the spider morph that he's got now. Because it's like, oh, it's got even more legs than andolites. This is clearly better. (laughs) This is more intelligent design. Because it has more stability. I, eight legs <laughs> yes
0: i feel like i just since the snake was his go-to when he decided to try his assassination plan
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, i mean
1: I, like i guess if we're going with if we're going to go with spider here it's really just either way he's a spider tube right because it's either a shark body with eight legs or it's a snake body with eight legs <laughs> um hmm. it's horrifying either
0: way <laughs> yeah uh-huh. i definitely <laughs> like hammerhead <laughs> spider better than uh Rattle yeah spider
1: yeah, I think, I think Hammerhead Spider is uh, a better... In my mind's eye, it makes more sense because, like, it's just because, like, shark bodies are, like, more just, like, they're not, like, super long yeah, like a yeah, snake yeah. is. Like, they're obviously long because it's, like, you know, a giant predatory fish and all, but it's, like, there's not, like, a lot of, like, just, like, kind of wasted space in a sense compared to a snake body because like the shark is just like designed to be a predator obviously a rattlesnake is too but like it's very different in the water compared to Mm on land as an ambush predator
0: honestly when i imagine the snake version it's basically just a snake head with legs sticking out of it so that probably doesn't work very well either
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's like a fucking uh oh god not Polly pocket but like the boy version of that like the Mm, max one or whatever was it creepy? Yeah, I think like I think I feel like I had something similar to that, which is like a skull with like spider legs or something like that as a
2: kid.
1: But yeah, yeah I, uh,
0: thank you I, so much, M. We also have one of our freaks takes today. Um, listen, they're not all winners. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs>
1: I feel like that's just been expected of the freak takes at this point, because some of them have actually been real questions, the other ones have just been like, have you ever danced in the pale moonlight with the devil? And it's like, no, I can't say I have freaks.
0: <laughs> You've never danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?
1: No. <laughs> to my disappointment, the answer is no. Well, then let's get nuts. <laughs> well, to do that, somebody has to donate to the Patreon a bunch of money so we can do the we can do the graveyard episode, remember? <laughs> <laughs> We can do it there at the same time. It's just, yeah, we we need we need the generous donor to send us enough money to pay for our, our travel fees. <laughs> oh, listen! I
0: dance with the devil every full moon. You gotta get on this. He gives great benefits. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, saying, um... like is a warlike patron. <laughs>
0: <sighs> All right. The question today is: Have you checked the back sections of newspapers and magazines lately? <laughs>
1: No, because newspapers and magazines aren't much of a thing. I get that they are... Okay, to be fair, they are still a thing you can still buy in stores, but nobody does, except old people.
0: How dare you.
1: (laughs) I don't buy newspapers or magazines. Actually, I don't even think my mom gets a newspaper anymore. (laughs) My parents do. They used to get it delivered. I think they stopped at some point. Yeah, no, I don't think she does anymore. Because, like... No, no, I definitely was uh, doing the... uh... As much of the crossword and also the uh, Sudoku that I could do when I was there back in July. So I don't know. Again, I'm not the kind of person who's ever bought a newspaper really, because it's like it doesn't fucking matter. I have the internet to find my news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also, like, no, the, that's fair. The only the only magazines I've ever owned in my life is Nintendo Power. <laughs> uh, at one point, I had a full
0: collection of the American run of Shonen Jump magazine, but I cleared it out because it was taking up too much space.
1: Mm, pity. I think I still, I think my mom still has saved a good amount of those Nintendo Powers because, like, I definitely remember in our old, like, New York house when we first moved in, somebody, who, the people that left, lived there before, had left some old Nintendo Powers. So, like, I actually had the original, like, Final Fantasy one, which was like back then Nintendo Power was just literally a strategy guide that they just sent out for like a game in particular. So, it's like, here's just the entire like, got, like Nintendo Power walkthrough guide for the original final fantasy game <laughs> i just had that and still you know, like a good condition at the time I, I, I would have to hope she kept that
0: i think i have two issues of magazines in my house currently uh one of them is a life special about tigers because i am predictable and the other one is a life special about godzilla because again i am predictable <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't think you can really count, like, I was thinking, like, I do still have, like, the, like, kind of booklet advertising the uh, Sapporo Snow Festival that I went to back when I lived in Japan, since I went to that. But, like, that's really more just, like, a, like, handout of, like, here's the events going on at the Snow Festival. I don't think that really counts as a magazine.
2: Yeah. no yeah, I, I get that mostly that... just
1: because it has a cute snowman on the cover, and it's like, hey, it's a bit of a souvenir.
0: Similarly, I'm not counting comic books here, because if I was, oof
1: yeah yeah i mean well to be fair again comic books are named comic books they're not it's not comic magazine (laughs) yeah but you do get them
0: serialized in the mail one issue a month
1: i guess yeah but like I, i think it's just like magazine has a different connotation because like when i think of magazines in this day and age i'm just thinking of like all those shitty raggy like tabloid that like grocery store checkouts at this point
0: but that's where you get life specials about tigers and godzillas
1: <laughs> along with being like this does, does bill clinton have an alien baby and it's like no <laughs> well that's not a magazine that's the inquirer
0: that's totally different
1: yeah yeah but it's in a magazine format inquirer so is technically a newspaper. Counts. oh well I'm, again i'm thinking of tabloid magazines at grocery store <laughs> uh, in particular you, you know the kind i'm talking about
0: <laughs> i do but and i again, haven't seen like them got, as magazines
1: I guess, because, like, I'm trying to even think, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Nintendo Power stopped, too, right? I think they did. I believe they did quite a while ago, yes. Yeah, because I I distinctly remember, like, I think their final issue was, like, a reprint of, like, the original cover, which was, like, the one of, like, Mario jumping off the mushroom or whatever, and I think they basically did that in, like, the more modern Mario art style as, like, a callback to it, being, like, this is our last issue, so here you go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no, to answer the question again, no, because nobody buys <laughs> magazines or newspapers anymore if they're under the age of 60. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, I definitely said that I bought two magazines,
1: so... Well, again, but you've also established that you're divorced from the flow of time itself.
0: Well, okay, that's true.
1: Yeah, you're like Gandalf at this point. You, you, he just does no meaning to you at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair but you know i'm trying to play along <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but the people who
1: are still actually paying attention to like the flow of time normally like myself uh we don't buy magazines or newspapers the other i gotta
0: tell are. you going back in time two weeks is really weird when you don't
1: agree to the flow of time <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's less like intentionally fucking with the time stream <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like, I'm in both places simultaneously, because I'm in all places
1: simultaneously, but also I had to go back. It's what even happening here. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, it's like, it's exactly the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. It's like, they never do time travel at all in that franchise, up until when Sora has to do it to make sure everybody doesn't die. And that (laughs) fucks up everything and causes them to, like, fall into darkness that causes them to disappear at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, and end up in the real fucking Shibuya, (laughs) because... (laughs) uh, what the fuck is going on with Kingdom Hearts anymore? (laughs) Really, what's been going Um, on with Kingdom Hearts ever? But like, God, those first few games actually seemed like they had a cohesive story and then they just kept tacking on more and more bullshit. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you. Yeah, we definitely always planned it that the reason why Roxas looks different than Sora is because Sora has another heart inside of him that lo- that looks like uh, what the... Roxas ends up looking like, and his name is Ventus. Yeah, definitely you had that plan all the fucking time, uh huh. <laughs> that makes sense. No, they I
2: assume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> when they first showed off them in their armored forms, it's because they literally didn't actually have designs for what their faces looked like. That's why they were in like a teaser with their like armored. Like Keyblade wielder forms. It's like, cause it's like, even at that point, they were like, we have no idea who the fuck these characters are, because we even didn't even come up with that beforehand. And then they're like, hey, buddy, looks like Roxas, cause he turns out he's like the original Roxas, and also he's like ten thousand years old, because he was in the Keyblade War. So where the fuck did he come from after that? Who fucking knows? Square Enix doesn't. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) I got it. I've wasted too much of my life on Kingdom Hearts, and I gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should spend this much effort and uh, part of their brain thinking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh,
0: that's probably fair. Yeah, that's probably very fair.
1: Like, hey, I'm old enough to remember back when Roxas was still called BHK because he was the blonde-haired kid. Ah. <laughs> uh... And that's how he was actually, like, officially introduced in, like, I think also, again, like, a Square Enix magazine or something like that, when his, like, first initial, like, reveal was out and everything. Because, like, he gets teased in uh, Chain of Memories, but then, like, in the lead of the Kingdom Hearts 2, they're like, who's the blonde-haired kid?
2: Hmm.
1: (laughs) And it's like, well, clearly he's soar as nobody, and uh, that's because you basically already established that, even if you didn't have the word nobody at the time of Chain of Memories. That much was obvious (laughs) to everybody. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> uh, again that's bullshit don't play that series
2: yeah fair. i know I, did,
1: I i tend to try to not be like x game is bad don't play it and all but i make exceptions for skyward sword and kingdom hearts
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right well um I honestly don't
0: remember, because it's been a few weeks <laughs> since we've been in this zone. Do you have a third segment for the book, or do we not have no, anything else? I've,
1: I've been trying to think of one just to have something else to go over after the questions, but honestly, I really can't think of anything with the book. Because okay. again, it's just it's a different format. I've even been like, oh yeah, I won't even be able to do like, the silly picture captions that I've been doing for the shows we've been covering, just because obviously there's no pictures in this book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that's fair yeah
1: okay i mean it's like unless i wanted to use like this pictures you've been like posting occasionally of like character artwork in this but it's like i don't know if i could really make it funny
0: <laughs> yeah and i also don't know if there's enough of them to do it every week
1: <laughs> yeah yeah because even like going through them it's like it's really just like the picture of like kelsang and Zhu back when uh Kyoshi was a kid and then like but uh, no that's just the supernatural titties the big supernaturals yep. that's not that's not really the Korra <laughs> it and then it's like be, yeah but also Kiyoshi not, not not Kiyoshi right hey I went the entire episode before n- until now not making that mistake uh <laughs>
0: we're getting yeah better halfway through the book finally I, th-
1: I think I want to say there's some in like one of the other chats but yeah like it's Nope, no, nope, this is all just Simona. Okay, that, that's been a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not enough, I think, to actually do that. And also, to be fair, there's none of the screen caps of Infinity Train at the moment for me to use either.
0: <laughs> well, all right. Um, <laughs> then I suppose, in that case, it's time for our plugs. So, if you have enjoyed this show, you can find me at patch underscore jacket on Twitter. At nobody on co host and at nobody Adams with two D's on blue sky. <sighs> Again, a uh, great at SEO. Yep. Yeah. I'm also uh, on several shows through All on the Table, which can be found at uh, twitch.tv slash All on the Table RPGs and uh, All on the Table RPGs on YouTube. We're, yeah. we're really trying to put stuff out there and get better because we are bringing trans stories to the forefront and we want people to see them.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, I continue to still be able to be found on both Blue Sky and Cohost at just Vivian. Just search for that, you'll find me. Uh, part of me doesn't even want to really push my Twitter anymore because it's just been getting way fucking worse. But if, I, I haven't even looked at it myself except this, the podcast feed, but if you want to follow me on there for a bunch of silence, uh, I'm Drawing a blank there for a sec. The underscore of Twitter. <laughs> Again, because I've not been on Twitter in like over a week and a half now, basically, except to like post podcast stuff. <laughs>
2: like
1: I, I, I boot it up, I typed, I cop- I paste the thing that I have from copied from the other sites, and then I fucking exit it out, because fuck that shit. <laughs> it's only, only there to help spread awareness about the podcast, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't do anything else, though. That's just me. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: uh, yeah, so in that case, I think there's not much left to say, but remember, us uh, weirdos, weirdos is, have to strike together. To strike together. <laughs> I
1: wasn't sure Bye. if you were doing the strike or not. Bye. <laughs> They're still striking. Yeah, but also, like, I remember last week or whatever, you didn't do, you didn't say strike. Yeah, because that was the holiday episode. Oh, right. The strike's probably still going on by the time of that, If the strike is
0: not over by the time the holiday episode goes up, we need to burn something down.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, we should have burned down a lot of stuff for a while now. (laughs) Bye. Bye.